everybody, and welcome to the 76th episode of the Cinefessions Podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts. My name's Brandon Shawin. Joining me tonight is Ash Collins and Mark Nadu. Ash, how the hell are you tonight? Awesome. Excellent. And Mark, how's everything going? Diggity boo. <laughs> I don't know what the hell that was. I think the diggity boo. I went diggity boo. Right now, again, I'm alone in my condo sweating. <laughs> Over my internet audio that will last forever. (laughs) Oh, very good. So tonight, we are continuing our Resident Evil arc with a review of Resident Evil Apocalypse from 2004. We are going to move on to round 13 of the Besting the Backlog Challenge. And we're also going to discuss at the end of the show, our top five film discoveries of 2016. So we got a lot to go through tonight. I'm really excited about it. Before that, though, just a reminder, you can interact with us in a few different ways. You can find us on Twitter at Cinefessions. You can email us at contact at Cinefessions.com. You can follow our Instagram at Cinefessions. And finally, you can leave us a voicemail if you want to be part of an upcoming show at one 302 talk That's one 8255 We love comments, questions, corrections, concerns, whatever. So please reach out to us using any of those services. And also... Uh, you can like our Facebook page at facebook.com backslash Cinefessions and check out our long list of past reviews and all the previous 75 podcast episodes at Cinefessions.com. And finally, we're proud to tell you that this episode of the Cinefessions podcast is brought to you by Audible. Audible's offering a free audiobook download with a 30-day trial, so all of our Cinefessions listeners get an opportunity to check out their services. There's over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, your Android, or your Kindle devices, so head on over to audibletrial.com backslash Cinefessions to get your free audiobook. That's audibletrial.com backslash Cinefessions. So, Ash, what have you done this past week in the world of media? Um, a lot more CSI. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you got to be finishing that soon. Uh, yeah, I think we have, like, we're on, like, the second to last season, I think. Okay. Um, okay. We ended up, uh, they had, like, a, a two-parter or a three-parter that jumped across CSI New York. Um, so we ended up skipping over to watch that. On CSI New York to finish up the you know the storyline, um, okay. then we'll back to CSI. So that's that's going. Um, let's see what else did we do? Watched a couple movies that we we have for the podcast and played a lot of Elder Scrolls online. And that was pretty much it. I'm still Ooh. I'm still feeling the effects of our busy season at work. So, did you play any Resident Evil? <sighs> I did not. <laughs> I was going to, and then I fell right asleep. So. No. <laughs> <laughs> I did. You did? Finally. Oh. Yeah, because we had a we had a, a last second change last night, and so I had a, a free night, so I ended up playing it for a couple hours, I would say. Man, like, that game, it, it's a, it's a long, it's going to be a very long game. It's not fun. I am not enjoying it. <laughs> and the fact that I opened my big mouth and said I was everything... <laughs> That's probably the reason why I've only streamed once. I am not yeah. enjoying this game, and my wish—it's a twenty-year-old game. I should—I mm-hmm. I should be a master, and I am far from it. Um, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I will be playing some uh, when I get the chance. I just have it on my days off here. I haven't played mm-hmm. any new games on my days off, but uh, yeah, I'm—I'm kind of not enjoying it, so I'm not really feeling 
the urge to play. I know it's bad, right. but because that's our whole team this month. But oh, yuck, mm-hmm. yuck. See, I swear to God, the original and correct because I'm sure you guys might remember. I, I really thought that the original on PlayStation had FMV, like full motion video, at the beginning. Uh, that's the director's cut. That yeah. Okay. That's that's the one I played. Director's was cut. director's cut. Yeah, the introduction, the director's cut introduces the game with like a film parts of a film that they shot for it. Yeah, um, and then that's what I thought. The, that was awesome, and it doesn't yeah. have it in these remasters. Yeah, and all the all the backgrounds and everything were pre-rendered and everything else. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, it's <sighs> yeah. I I think once I really like sit down and play. And have, mm-hmm. first of all, what I need is a haircut. I'm going to get myself a haircut. <laughs> then I'm going to pretty on the stream. And then I'll be able to play well. But right now, um, my beard is a big shaggy mess. And I need I need a cut. I, I need yeah. a trim. I need, I need a style. That's what I need. So, because really wearing toques indoors, <laughs> it gets itchy. <laughs> so, so, yeah. Um, uh, uh, once I get my makeover, then I'm going <laughs> to play again. So, hopefully yeah. next week. I've got five days off in a row coming up after my five days on. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm hoping uh, either Sunday night or Monday afternoon before I have to go to work Monday night, I'll be able to stream at least once. I was going to try okay. today, but I decided to work on my uh, on my uh, challenges here. So I watched yeah. Netflix instead. Well, I'll admit it. All right. It's, I'm just going to say it. Like I, Bridget and I are, are playing through it, uh, together. Basically, she's okay. like reading, basically using the guide to show where to go. Because oh. if I wasn't, I would have no idea ever what the fuck to do. And I wouldn't play it. Like I don't enjoy the puzzle aspect of these games. And yeah. like I would just the things that you have to do, I would never fucking think to do them. Like, I would get five minutes into the game, like I used to do when I was a kid playing it by myself, mm-hmm. and stop. Because it's like, okay, I don't know what the fuck to do next. And I get bored, and I want to go play Madden again. Like, yeah. And so that's how we're playing through the game. Um, I'm and just even sure. So you're, you're playing with a guide on easy? I just want to make sure yep. it's clear? Yep. A 100%. Yep. Oof. I'm trying to get through to I want I want the story. I don't care. Judge all you want. It means nothing to me. Uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm still judging you for your Transformers combat. Or combat. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, we'll talk about that shit later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, you know, but uh, giant robot crap. That's what you have. Oh, uh, like it's just. <sighs> Even even playing the way I'm playing it, yeah, it's just like man, this is a slog. Like the save rooms, having to go all the way to like, well, I found I have, I have my second save room now, but just you have eight slots. Like I'm playing uh, Jill's. You're playing Jill, yeah, I'm playing Chris. Yeah, and only the, six. Oh, there's less. For some reason, I thought there was yes. more with Chris. No, with Chris, like, only six the, slots. So I saved so last time. I'm I'm at a room that's got a key. And I have no yeah. slots to store my key in, but I have got this big t- fucking stone tablet, and I'm like, how can I drop this? I don't know how to fucking drop this out of my inventory. So I'm like, screw oh. this. I'm stopping the stream. <laughs> so yeah. that's where I'm at right now. Lame. Yeah, what, a f- what a frustrating game. I don't know, man. That's like the only way I've ever played through in the past was me on the book, 
Yeah. Uh, like walking my uncle through it. And then whenever I played it, like I said, like I would play 10, 15, 20 minutes and be like, I, this fucking sucks. Like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> I'm not having fun. So therefore I'm done. Like, yeah. And it's, yeah. But you know, the, I, I just love the mythology of the game. I like the game story, yeah. you know. And that's what I'm trying to get yeah. is the story. And that's know? why, like, to me, one of my favorite games of all time is Resident Evil 4. That the version yeah. on Wii U is the one of the best ports I've ever played. I love that game. So to me, I think finally Resident Evil, I skipped a four. Yeah, well, that and that's obviously Resident Evil is a much different style uh, style of game. The, the the controls are much different, so it feels a lot different. Totally, it's very but, fluid. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. When that fucking camera changes and you're pushing up and then it camera changes and all of a sudden you're walking backwards. Yes. Like I kept going back and forth between the cameras so many fucking times I wanted to throw my controller across the room. I was like, oh my God, just move forward. Stop going in circles. I oh, so frustrating. I don't know why I pre-ordered uh, Biohazard because <laughs> I got Well, that'll be more like four, five, six, seven. Yeah, but or five, four, and, five, six, rather. five and six didn't really do well. Five was okay. And six, I don't think I even played due to bad reviews. So I, right. I don't I, know I, why. I guess I'm just talking it. control wise. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping for the best. Maybe I'll play it on my Nintendo switch when it comes out in March. <laughs> it, did they release a date for it? No, they're releasing it tomorrow, but the, the big rumor is uh, it's going to be March. I thought, oh, I thought the conf- press conference was tonight. Uh, it's on the 12th. What day are we today? The 12th. Oh, okay. So it's tonight then. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm interested to hear like a price and the date and everything. So. Yeah. I'll read up on it tomorrow when I, when I go to work. Yep. Exactly. Excellent. Yeah. So, um, I'll kind of, I'll just continue on here. So I also received, um, trick or treat from Waxwork Records, which yes. I'm really excited about. Um, I actually got this from a, uh, Twitter friend. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at morgmorgan25, um, a big, uh, record collector and, uh, music fan um but i only paid 35 bucks for it and it's in great condition he gave me such a great deal um and he also gave me uh sold me ghost the ghostbusters it's like a glow in the dark um 45 of the mm-hmm. ghostbusters for only 10 bucks if you go on amazon to try to buy it or anywhere it's like you're paying at least 50 um he gave me such an excellent deal he basically just charged me what he paid for it which is so cool of him um so, so for 45 bucks i got them both shipped to me and he shipped them incredibly fast like uh, you know, definitely give him a follow if, if, if you're looking to purchase some vinyl on the cheap, uh, cause he's still trying to sell some. So oh, really? I don't know what else he has left, but you know, it's, it's very appreciated. And, um, I can't wait to spend my trick or treat album. So I actually bought, so the, the record player I received for Christmas, the turntable I got for Christmas, we couldn't find any reviews on it when we bought it. Mm-hmm. And so we we're like, well, let's, let's do it. Let's try it. You know, it looks nice. It sounds fine when I play it and everything. And then I started doing more research um, into it, and it I actually found it on a list of ones to avoid because it the needle, which is basically what you're the mo- the most important aspect of a turntable, from what I can tell from my research, the needle has a tendency to damage the records over time, and so mm-hmm. I found that out and decided. Um, you know, when I started this, I wasn't sure if I was going to like it, if I, if vinyl was really be something, you know, records were something I wanted to collect and continue on. But now I've realized that I absolutely love it. And uh, just like uh, bringing music back into my life more, learning, you know, learning the guitar, uh, trying to, which is incredibly difficult, but I'm, I'm working on it every single day and I haven't missed a day yet. So, um, but that, and then just like the record, uh, I listening to the album challenge that I made for myself this year, all these different things. So, um, 
I, I'm just loving it and I want to collect more and I need something that's going to last me a long time. And so I found one. It's by like Flaunce or F-L-A-U-N-C-E. Okay. Um, it's uh, it had a, a bunch of good reviews. Um, it was actually a Kickstarter turntable um, that is just really done really well from everything I can read about it. It's, you know, recommended on uh, different various websites as like a great starter table. Um, much more expensive. The one we got was sub a hundred dollars. This one, I, I went for like the upgraded version. So it was like two fifty. So, I mean, I definitely, and I bought a hundred dollars speakers last week. And so I have 350 bucks just into my system, Yeah, but I think it's going to be absolutely be worth it. Cause it's something I'm going to have for years and I know that it's not going to damage my vinyl. And the, and I can also upgrade the needle if I want to, uh, you know, move up in the future, which is a really cool aspect of it. It is upgradable, which the current one I have is not. So I should receive that. They said I'd receive it between yesterday and like next Wednesday. So I, I have no idea when I'm going to get it. Um, according to the tracking, it's still stuck in California for some reason, but <laughs> who knows? So I'm, I'm just really excited to get it because I really want to play this trick or treat record um because i'm not playing it on my current one because i don't want to mess anything up but yeah getting a new place i'm excited that's on my on my list to get eventually yeah. i think mm-hmm. my needle is also scratching some records um, oh okay so that's why i'm not playing as much as i'd want to um yeah i just need to do some research but i got so many trips coming up in the next few months that i just can't right. afford it you know, mm-hmm. um, unless I want to just go dig myself in the hole, which I'd rather not do right now. So yeah. I, I think, uh, you know, it's something I'll probably buy within the next maybe three to six months or so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's so many different sources out there for <laughs> to to research, to read, to learn about, you know, what's what to look for. So, yeah, I got that's a few where really I cool my time. record stores around me. So I'm just yeah. going to go talk to the guy and see what they've yeah, got. Absolutely. Take it from right. him. No. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm excited to get that and get that all set up. Uh, I'm trying to find a. Um, I want to go to like uh, uh, the like Salvation Army, like secondhand stores and thrift shops, and see if I can find a um, like a cabinet to put it all on in my basement. Yeah. Um, so I have so it looks nice, and so that's that's the next step. I'm trying to find something on the cheap to do that with, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So speaking of my album challenge, I am, I, I, when I wrote this, I was three out of 26 there, but I actually listened to another album. Uh, I finished another album today. So I'm actually four 26th of the way <laughs> through that challenge. So, um, right, rock and right along. We're only on the 12th of January. So hopefully I can keep going at this pace and blow that out of the, out of the water. Um, so far I've listened to an Opeth album, an ex ambassadors album, an Andrew McMahon in the wilderness album. And then, uh, I listened to Switchfoot album that I had not listened to previously today. Um, I, I'd like them all to one degree or another, but, uh, the, the standout has to be the Opeth album, Ghost Reveries. It's metal. But And it's not something I'd normally listen to at all, but I heard about them through a YouTube channel I love, so I decided to give them a try, and I just loved it. Um, there is some, like, rah, 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 yelling, mo- screamy moments, but yeah. most of it isn't, actually. And and it's it's so different than what I normally listen to, uh, but it's, it's really good. And so I've been listening uh, – I started another album of theirs, uh, which is a lot more of, like – I don't know, not screamy, but just that – Rah rah rah, whatever you want to call growl. it, the growl so type. Is yeah, it like a kind of a corpse growl, like a, like you can't even make the words. 
Um, sometimes, yes. Sometimes it is, but it's not in in the Ghost Reveries album. That's it's very limited. There's not a lot of it at all. Um, in the other ones I've listened to, there's more. And so I don't know if Ghost Reveries is kind of a stray from the norm for Opeth. I, I don't know enough about them to know, but but it's interesting. No, um, and Switchfoot. Go ahead. Singer wear makeup. I, I I have never seen a picture of the band. I have no clue whatsoever. Sounds like they might. Yeah, maybe. No idea. Does that? Uh, what does that mean for you? They're just ripping off Kiss. <laughs> oh man, that's, that's a good point. I never considered that. Yeah. But. <laughs> do they do a cover of the Turret Rock City? I bet they do. If you look, I <laughs> know they don't wear makeup. By the way, uh, I just looked up a picture of them. I know. Um, but yeah. Um, Switchfoot was actually a band I, I loved and listened to when I was in high school. And I realized that they had some newer albums that I hadn't heard before. And so my wonderful Apple Music, um, which I don't know if I talked about that, um, but I'm going to talk about it for a second here. Um, so Apple Music. So uh, basically what I'm doing uh, is paying a uh, $15 a month. And that gives me up to like, it's the family plan for Apple Music. And so up to six people could be on the plan. And so like me, my wife and my sister, I have on the plan. Well, right now I'm, I'm just in my, I have like a the three month free trial. But basically what it is, it gives you unlimited access to everything that you can find on iTunes. Like there has not been a single album that I've searched for that has not been on Apple Music and the the sound quality is pretty damn good. Uh but I mind I'm not an audiophile but to me it sounds good. Um but man it's a really cool deal. 15 bucks a month and you get all this shit. Um like I just download and you can download it right to your phone so you don't have to use data if you are not on an unlimited plan like I am no longer on. Um but like I found the Scott Pilgrim vs the World album. I downloaded the Spawn album because I've heard good things about that. Um that's why I've listened to all these that I've listened to so far this year. Um I mean it's a really cool service that I'm enjoying. Uh, and like I said, I have my three month free trial right now that I'm using and uh, I'm excited to uh, continue that as I go on. Um, do yeah, either I, of you use... Yeah, okay. Yeah, I had it for a bit and uh, just because I'm, a, I'm an avid Apple user and mm-hmm. uh, it really fucked up my music collection. So I got rid of it. Like, oh, okay. labeled stuff. I had full albums, but because they were a part of a song of a star's uh, playlist, it put in a yeah. different folder. I'm like, ah, oh, screw that shit. Oh, gotcha. Yes. I've been using Spotify, the freemium version. Um, okay. But I still buy albums on I. So I'll buy albums on Apple. Um, mm-hmm. If I don't want them on vinyl, I'll get them on Apple. Yeah. But uh, I've been using a lot of Spotify recently. But again, most of my listening is podcasts to begin with. So it's really just for the shower. So I don't want to pay 10 bucks a month just for like, you know, Mm -hmm. five shower tunes a day. You know what I mean? So Right, right. So for... um, Go ahead. I end up using, um, like, I'll go to YouTube when I'm looking for a song specifically. Oh, gotcha. Video, or I just usually throw on Pandora. Uh, Yeah. I, I have like... 35 different stations set up. I pick what I'm oh, okay. looking for and I just listen. I mean, I've got yeah. like a whole shitload of MP3s, you know, from my old CDs that I ripped, but it's mm-hmm. like, eh, it's just easier yeah. to find it online anymore. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like I, I don't have any, I didn't have any music on my phone. Uh, well, I, I take the back. I had a very small amount of music on my phone. Mm-hmm. Um, and so maybe that's why I'm not seeing a problem like you saw, uh, Mark. Yeah. Um, 
But I, I have heard that. Another, uh, one of my coworkers had – he said something similar happened to him. Um, he still uses it, but he, he did find that annoying. Um, yeah. But he had music on there. So I'm wondering if that might be why I haven't come into that issue yet, but I don't know. To me, it's a huge pain in the – like it doesn't really affect yeah. me. But at the same time, mm-hmm. like let's say, you know, I'm driving with Melissa and we listen to music when we're well, – like when I'm not driving with myself. And right. you know, I, I select an album and like tracks one, four, and seven – don't show because they're in somebody else's playlist so it's like a separate folder altogether oh that's stupid yeah and like when i'm driving i'm not going to fiddle with my phone like that Mm -hmm. you know i have it like on one of those like dash cam mounts type of thing yeah um so i don't want to fiddle with the phone to find three songs so it just is i'd rather just leave my apple music by itself and not use it right which is too bad though because i've discovered some cool music with them but um, it's it just plays. If I didn't have mm-hmm. so much Apple Music on my phone, then uh, it wouldn't bug me so much. But I felt like sixty yeah. plus albums, and it's just a pain in the butt to reorganize <laughs> everything. No, absolutely. Yeah, I used to use um, I used Pandora uh, a lot, and then I can't remember. There was another service that Google Play sucked up and bought. I can't remember what the hell it was called though, but I loved it. Really? Um, and then I used. Are you? Nope, I didn't use RDO. No. No, I can't remember. It was something my boss told me about and I hadn't heard of it prior before that, but eventually Apple or Google Play Music bought it. So then I used Google Play Music, but then I realized, oh, I have Am, but there was commercials and then I had Amazon Prime Music or whatever the hell it's called. Okay. And uh, you could stream there without commercials because I'm a Prime member. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, so that's what I use mostly. And now I've um, just switched to this and just been listening to full albums, mostly because of the the challenge I've set out for myself this year. Yeah. Um, but they also do offer like a Pandora-like stations option also but anyway so from music to movie so for the uh, best in the backlog challenge this week as you all probably remember i chose to watch from beyond um so from beyond is directed by Stuart gordon so i watched that one which obviously i'll talk about later in that segment um but then i decided to continue on in his filmography because i started with i watched reanimator a couple years ago now Absolutely loved it. Watched From Beyond, which I'll save my thoughts for that one for later. Mm-hmm. And the next up was Dolls. Um, and uh, I actually liked this one better than I expected. This was a uh, Scream Factory collector's edition that I blind blindly bought. Mm-hmm. Um, but this one is is kind of a return to the comedy horror roots of Reanimator. Um, it's a much different film than that, obviously. But there's definitely comedic... Uh, it's definitely a comedy horror, not comedy horror, but there's comedic elements in it. I'll say, yeah. Um, it's a, but it's I really hearted horror. Yeah, they're, they're, exactly, exactly. Um, I like the main characters. Um, I thought the acting was well done for what it was. Um, it's goofy as hell, and I didn't really find it scary at all. Which, like, my biggest fear not it's not even a fear it's but it's like in in media i guess like when i'm reading a book or something like night of of the living dummy was like the scariest thing when i was a kid from goosebumps Mm -hmm. um and then those movies um like magic pin like those movies scare the hell out of me um but i didn't find this one scary at all which like you said it's lighthearted it really wasn't meant to be scary i don't think just kind of creepy but um I, i i enjoyed i thought it was entertaining yeah, I what were your thoughts on this one? Well, I believe I talked about it last week, unless I didn't, uh, just because that was part of my uh, AZA challenge. Um, I liked the little girl. I thought she was fantastic because she is the lead in the film. And uh, to have, you know, carried the movie on her shoulders, I thought she was great. I still yeah, thought definitely. That, I still thought that her relationship with um, what's his name was very creepy. 
Um, <laughs> let me just go back here. I want to s- to think. Roger. Uh, yeah, give me two seconds. I'm going to pull it up on my uh, on my letterbox. But uh, yeah, I, I just thought, you know, I guess back then it wouldn't mean maybe as much of a big deal. But let's say that film was made now. He'd be labeled a pedophile as soon as he walked, as soon as he spoke to her, you know, by herself. Um, ah, ah, no, I don't. I, I, I don't know. I didn't like that. Never even crossed my mind at all. Really? Oh man, that was I, he was just so sure. Like, I think the the film purposely builds him as a kid at heart from the beginning when we meet his character, um, and I think that's why their relationship works so well for me. It was because. He is basically this just giant child. And so it didn't feel like uh, anything awkward about it well, at all to that's me. That's the only reason why he survived. Um, his, uh, Ralph Morris. Yeah, uh, Stephen Lee was, Ralph, was the okay. actor. I, I like the actor. Yeah. I just thought he was too childlike. Yeah. You know, he, he too childlike for for his age, you know. Um, and especially like a, a, a guy playing with doll. I don't know. I just, to me, it just didn't, uh, it didn't ring true to me completely. Um, he was okay. a nice guy and he was a gentle guy, but I just thought mm-hmm. his, his, his taking to the little girl, which I did not find in any way, shape or form being, you know, pedophilic, but mm-hmm. to the outside party, not knowing what their situation is, might find that problem a little, a little troublesome, you know? Um, so like yeah. when the parents kind of freaked out, I can understand why, you know, um, but us, yeah. you know, peering behind the veil, we know the reason why they're teaming up and whatever, but to right. the outsiders, it seems really odd. Yeah. But I mean, she came to him when he was trying to go to sleep and she, he saw blood on her, uh, slippers. And so that's why he started following her around and then realized that shit was going down. So I don't know, but yeah, I just, you know, yeah, it, it, it just it, in today's in today's day and age, it just seems it just seems <laughs> off. That's all. <laughs> oh, it took seventy six episodes, but the word pedophilic finally reached the Cinefessions podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So hey, finally, I watched Rogue One. Bridget and I finally went to the theaters. Hey, well, fucking time! Yeah. <laughs> you know, I liked it. Uh, I liked it a lot, but I definitely think that episode seven is a stronger entry in the star wars saga what if you will absolutely have you watched all of them yes okay all right then yep yeah yeah i i just finished episode one two and three and then this one and i've seen obviously the you know four five and six a thousand times um and i've seen seven too I thought the same thing after leaving the theater. I, I still mm-hmm. think I liked episode seven more. Now I yeah. do want to rewatch Rogue One. I'm not sure if I'll ever have the time, but I wouldn't mind seeing that again. Um, I, I absolutely loved Rogue One. I I liked that one better than episode seven. Um, um, I just it didn't have the depth that episode seven delivered. Um, I there were so many more interesting characters, more detailed characters in episode seven um, than there were in Rogue One. Well, and but the well, okay, I'll give you that. Um, the thing with the Star Wars movies, though, in general, it's about the events. It's not about the characters. Yeah, the characters are involved, and yes, we get to know the characters, but it's more, <sighs> about, you know, 
the big space battles and shit. So I don't know. Oh, I I disagree yeah, entirely. I disagree. It's all about the characters. I mean, they have seven episodes that are that are strong because these characters are you know the the string that holds them all together. I think it's all about the characters. I think it can be, but it's just it. I think a lot, a lot, and I mean a lot of what you get with the characters is the fact that we've had. 30 well 40 years now of projection and um extended universe stuff and all sorts of stuff to fill in the blanks that you know you don't necessarily have with a lot of the new characters and stuff like that but there's there's a lot of nostalgia behind it too so i don't know it just yeah even both and that was one thing i think both rogue one and episode seven not necessarily cash in on but they try to hint at is mm-hmm. the nostalgia factor, especially Rogue One, because Rogue One they really kind of hammer that home. My problem with Rogue One though is that you know you meet all these new characters, mm-hmm. and well, you don't see them in other movies. So, hmm, right? You know what I mean? It's like mm-hmm. hmm, without going to spoil territory, it's like why aren't no. they? You know, like why aren't they in Episode Four? So mm-hmm. it's kind of a bit of a you kind of walk in. Knowing it's going to be a bit of a downer. Like, if you didn't expect the end, then I'm I'm very surprised. Because I kind of, without even seeing, like, many trailers or reading up online, you kind of know what the fate of these guys are. It's like a, it's it's a suicide mission, you know? Well, and, they're, uh, you know, they're not Bothans, so technically we don't actually know. They're not Bothwins? Yeah. In Return of the Jedi, remember, okay, there there was this big thing. Everyone's like, there are no Bothans in Rogue One. Wah, wah, wah. That's because Rogue One takes place before episode four and in episode six, she's like many Bothans died to bring us this information. <laughs> so it's just like, oh. like all freaking out. I'm like, Oh my God, there's no Bothans. Well, yeah, cause it's a fucking movie. Jackass. I don't know what a Bothan is. I'll be honest with you. Yeah, I don't either. Alien species basically. Oh. Yeah. See, I, I come at, I come at this series as someone who's only seen the films. I've never read a book. A graphic novel, never played a video game, Same. never done anything outside of the films. Yeah. Um, and so, to, and I mean, yeah, so there's my, that's my experience with it. Um, and I think like the biggest, the most memorable aspect or one of the most memorable aspects of the entire saga has to be the fact that obviously this is a spoiler, but everybody knows the spoiler sure. is the fact that. Uh, you know, Luke's father is Vader, you know? So, I mean, like, and that's entirely character-driven. Um, and so, I don't know. That's kind of where I'm coming coming at it from. But, you know, don't get me wrong. I liked it. But this is one, and it's funny because I think the opposite, Mark, I, I don't think I'll like this more on repeated viewings. I think I might like it less the more I watch it, frankly. Really? I don't know. That's just the feeling I get. Yeah. 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 Well, obviously, again, I'm, I'm going to get it when it comes out. I am going oh, to absolutely. Watch it <laughs> I'm not going <laughs> to. Right. Like now, knowing like, what their fucking strategy is, I'm going yeah. to wait and wait. Right. I Fuck them. Honestly, I think I watched episode uh, seven once prior to the mm-hmm. movie coming out, so <laughs> I can wait. Um, but I would like to catch this in 3D uh, before it leaves theaters, but I, I might be too late now. Um, see, and yeah, I, I just thought, watched it in. Like IMAX, basically, not yeah. 3D. And I'm in the same boat as you, where I didn't watch Star Wars Rebels or any of the Clone Wars cartoons. I'm not sure if that would right. have helped me knowing more of the characters. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So I'm strictly pretty much like, you know, some basic Super Nintendo, Super Star Wars games and, uh, <laughs> and, uh, the, the films, like the, the main yeah. seven episodes. So that's, that, that's my foot in the Star Wars universe. Oh, and droids. Who didn't watch the droids cartoon and Ewoks? So I know that. Oh, I didn't watch those but either. That, but that's after episode six. So that doesn't really count. Yeah. But you can, you'll be able to read my full thoughts on it. And when I do my, when I finally publish my series review on the whole thing. Um, but I still have to watch, I, I have to rewatch four through seven now. Um, but I was just kind of waiting because I wanted to get to, I wanted to watch it in, <laughs> in order basically. Yeah. So will you be using the word pedophilic in your review? Uh, you know, I haven't slipped it in there yet, mm. but I have four films to go. So let me see what I can do. Oh, good luck. Thank you, sir. So. The last but not least, I actually finished this one. So I've started. Okay, I started watching. Let me backtrack. My mother purchased Transformers the movie for me for Christmas, <laughs> and uh, I she forgot she left it out of my uh, gift that day on Christmas Day, and it took her forever to find it. So she finally found it. She brought it to me about a week last weekend, I think, and so I um, got it, and I was like, you know what, Ash has been talking about this forever. Like, let me watch this. So I put it on the first night, fell asleep, maybe 15 minutes in. I was like, all right, I'll try it again. Tried it again, watched until like chapter eight. I don't know. That was about 45 to an hour in and then had fell asleep. So I stopped it and came back the next day and um, tried watching it again. Watched chapter eight and was like, God, I just, I fucking, I can't get into this. I'm stopping this again. And then finally, last night, I was like, you know what? I am finishing this fucking movie. And so I finally finished Transformers the movie and um man I was disappointed as I said on Twitter I uh, my only experience with the Transformers film or the it, not, with the Transformers universe is Michael Bay's Transformers oh. uh I never read any of the great comic books I never watched the TV series oh, it was a couple years before my time well, um yeah you but I I think so yeah, you're going into this without any of the back stuff because you know exactly you when this came out, there were two full seasons. There's like thirty, forty episodes of seasons one and two of the That's... original Transformers, which mm-hmm. is all of the Transformers that die in the first thirty minutes of the fucking movie. That's what I thought. It's like the best. It's the best. The I first two understand. Yeah. Yeah, I'm uh, sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. Um, that's okay. I'm cutting you off. Um, it's because <laughs> of the nonsense you're saying. No, yeah. <laughs> to really appreciate the movie, you need you need to, to have seen the cartoons. But now watching the cartoons today, because I've got them all on DVD from uh, from Rhino Records when they first came out. Oh man, a long time ago. Um, they're hard to rewatch because it's not good. But no, as an eight year old, it's fucking fantastic. You know. Yeah. Um, so having the history. And honestly, the movie, it's a nostalgia thing. Um, yeah. I haven't watched it in a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I know I like it more than the Bayfour movies because uh, <laughs> there's no testicles in this film, you know. <laughs> um, but yeah, you need you need to have like grown up, I think, with the material to truly appreciate what happens. I, I really think so. That's, that is the absolute feeling I got because I understood that – the, the fact that Optimus Prime died in the beginning, that that was a big deal. But if I had just watched the movie, I wouldn't have understood that that was a big deal because who the fuck's Optimus Prime? But I understand that just from watching the Michael Bay films that obviously Optimus Prime is, you know, like the leader. And that's so the fact that he died 30 minutes in was like, oh, shit. 
But then we get these characters I've never even heard of because I've only watched the first Michael Bay Transformers film. I watched the second one, but I fell asleep and never went back to it and then never watched any of the rest of the series. Oh, really? So, like, this person who took over, I don't even remember his name now. Like, I had no idea who the fuck he was. So, I was like, what what am I watching now? And then it just got confusing. Rodimus. Rodimus Prime. Yeah, I I, I, see. I like the Star Trek G1 universe up until that film. I don't like the future Rodimus Prime, uh, uh, you know, Galvatron stuff. That's Mm -hmm. not my bread and butter. Me, I like Megatron as a gun. I like Optimus Prime as a semi truck. And and to me, that's that's it. Honestly, I loved Unicron because it was uh, Orson Welles playing Unicron's voice. I loved that, but that was about it. Go ahead, Ash. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And are you telling yeah, me you don't like Galvatron? You know, yeah. <laughs> Freaking Spock is Galvatron. Ah. And, and then just you know, you've got the touch as if you can rock out to that. Seriously, <laughs> that's a fantastic fun. It yeah, is, the music was cool. corny as hell. Oh, so the good. music is not corny. You take that back. <laughs> don't ruin my childhood. <laughs> oh man. I will but. get Dan Bush in here to get all over your ass and be like, you know, listen here, prick. <laughs> uh, I love the Transformers Michael Bay movie, though. Oh, oh I should log <laughs> Actually, no, I don't. I, I can't. See, I, 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 I can't joke with you. Do, I actually do like Michael Bay's Transformers movies, but yeah. a lot of me liking those has to do with me liking Michael Bay action movies. If I was yeah. just coming into those as a Transformer fan and I didn't like Michael Bay's action movies, that would be like, they would be, I would be miserable watching them. <laughs> <laughs> Because, you know, I did, and we should arc this, but I, I did like the first one a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember leaving the theater feeling, oh man, my car, maybe that will transform because I'm, yeah. like, <laughs> um, I'm driving a Chrysler Neon at the time. So yeah, it's a Transformer. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Mark. Um, but, but then like number two, I just did not like at all because of the two robots. Um, three, I just I lost interest. Four was too long, but I'm willing to revisit them because five is coming out this summer. Yes. So I think I will rewatch them before five comes out. I saw the trailer for that this weekend. It looks really cool. Yeah, you know I'm gonna walk in with you know a clear head. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, like like Transformers Four was so long. It's like, oh. like three final battles. I'm like enough already. I yeah. <laughs> you know. Um, I think the, the biggest problem with two was instead of stopping production on the film when the writer strike happened because they only had half mm. of the freaking script and a full story outline, <laughs> they kept making production stuff and you spend all that money on production stuff even if the writers come back and they're like yeah this this is crap we want to change it you're kind of already locked into what they've started building you know <laughs> so yeah yeah that was that was two's one of two's biggest problems but but i, I find that at least in my mind the series does review uh, does deserve a review i have not yeah. uh, i haven't watched them in a long time like i bought four i haven't watched four in blue just because i had a shitty time i had a good date but i had a shitty time at the theaters because it was so goddamn long and i wanted to leave <laughs> yeah i think i own a couple of them i know i own the last two i believe on uh blu-ray 3d 
but have not watched them, so I need to. But yeah. um, one there was another character that I was excited. I was like, oh, I know that because Ash talked about it when we talked about the trailer for the fourth film, <laughs> year probably a couple years ago now on the podcast. Um, what was the dinosaur's name? Oh, Grimlock. Grimlock. Grimlock, yes. I was like, oh, there's Grimlock. I know him. But yeah, only from Dinobots, you talking about him. The Dinobots are badass in a cartoon. In the yeah. movie, not so much. But the cartoon, right. oh, man. So <laughs> and the toys. The toys were so good. You know, that's yeah, part man. of the thing with the cartoon. The cartoon was just a commercial to sell the toys. The toys <laughs> right. were quality. I did have a – oh, no, I'm lying. I was about to say I did have a Transformers toy, but that was a Power Rangers – Whatever that, uh, the big uh, final. Megazord? Yes, thank you. Mm. That's what I had. But anyway, so <laughs> yeah. Well, at least you didn't have any GoBots. I had GoBots. So well, it was a dinosaur. We were talking about you. Shut your horn mouth. <laughs> well, this is. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So so, so in this uh, in, in this scenario, uh, Ash is the little girl in dolls, and you're very. <laughs> <laughs> don't tell the don't tell the parents. Shut your warm mouth, little girl. <laughs> oh my gosh. <sighs> so Mark, what about you? What did you do this week in media? You know, I didn't have much time off between our last podcast, but look at my diary. I actually I did a lot more than I thought uh, I did. Um I'm almost a third of the way through season six of Supernatural, which I have to admit. Um, I'm actually enjoying a lot. Um, oh, yeah! I'm actually surprised after the first episode, which I didn't really uh, like so much. Um, I got a bit more details on what's going on with Sam, so I'm actually really liking it. So I, uh, so I, I'm a third of the way there. Um, I finally finished the last two episodes of The Exorcist, the Fox show. Oh, okay. Um, I, if you haven't watched it, I think it's on Fox on Demand now in the states. I would suggest oh, okay. check it out. It's only ten episodes. It's good. It's really good. Um, again, when I first heard about The Exorcist being a TV show, I'm like, "What? Like, how do you make that into a TV show?" Um, you can make it into a very good TV show, apparently, because that's what we got. Um, now. I don't think it got renewed for a second season yet. I don't know oh. if it will get or not. Um, I mm -hmm. hope it does. I really do. Um, for now, you know, for network four, well made. Yeah. Is this telling the same story that the film did, or something different? No, it's it's in present time. Um, oh. And I'm gonna leave it as that. But it is not okay. a rehashing of the film because I oh, thought okay. that's what it might be, and right. th the film happened. Um, I don't know about Exorcist 2. I kind of, I kind of erase that film from my memory. Um, I don't that, think any of that had to do with it. Um, but uh, yeah, that's another series I need to go through because I've only seen the first one and I own the whole thing. So you know, I've never seen the third one, and mm -hmm. I've got a DVD of Exorcist 3, mm -hmm. and um, I almost bought the Scream Factory yeah. release, um, and I think I will eventually. Mm -hmm. uh, but for now, I've got a DVD copy of it. But um, no, so it, it's not a rehashing. Um, but it is, it is, um, it's worth checking out. So I would suggest you do watch that. Um, as well, I uh, I'm finishing up uh, Mad Men season four or five right now. I think I'm on four. I think I'm on like two episodes left. Mm -hmm. uh, once I finish that, then I can do my uh, my challenge for the month of uh, a Netflix show. 
Uh, I kind of just wanted to tie off some ends before, um, you know, some. I wanted to finish some loose seasons before going to something new. Um, so yes, I'm almost done Mad Men. Um, Movie-wise, uh, I watched two more films for my uh, A to Z to A challenge. Okay. Uh, which I posted on Instagram, Twitter, and on our Facebook. Uh, first was Eve of Destruction with uh, Gregory Hines and Rene uh, Sutenjik. Um, from 91, killer robot on the loose in the populace. Robots malfunctioning. It's up to Gregory Hines to save the day. Um, I really liked it. Um, again, I, I put my thoughts online, so I'll, I'll be quick on this here. But I thought for a uh, killer robot movie, 91 is known as the year of Terminator 2. So this one uh, was released in January. Um, usually films in January get uh, that get released or films that, you know, they kind of studios kind of want to just fluff off. Right. Um, I think this one's awesome, just for the fact that Gregor Hines has a huge handgun with an even bigger laser sight. <laughs> like, I don't know how many batteries it took to keep that powered up, but for 81, it looked pretty badass. Um, so I watched that. Then for the letter F, I watched The Final Member. It's a documentary. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it's from Draft House Films. Right. And it's a documentary about a man known as... Uh, uh, Ashbo- hmm. Ashbourne Bergjorvson. Um, he you nailed it. Yeah, I did not. But that's okay. <laughs> um, in Iceland, they have a Icelandic philological museum. So mm. it's a museum that's um, that's pretty much showcasing uh, mammal penises. So it's a penis museum. Um, and the owner um, says that his collection is not complete. He still needs a human penis. So okay. this movie is about two uh, people, uh, Paul Arison, who's uh, like a 93-year-old uh, Icelandic uh, gentleman, an adventurer, and a uh, man by the name of Tom Mitchell, an American, who's mm-hmm. in his late 50s, early 60s, and they both want to be displayed in the museum. They've signed forms to confirm once they've passed away to, you know, to donate their genitalia to the to the museum. Um, so, again, Paul, he's like 93. And Tom, he's, let's say, 60. Mm-hmm. He wants to be first. So, oh, he, yeah. So, it's a race right now. It's a race to see who becomes the first exhibit in the penis museum. Um, this is a fucking right. awesome documentary. It sounds ridiculous. It is ridiculous. <laughs> Especially when you insert America into the, this documentary with Tom Mitchell. Holy shit. Honestly, he, he, he has mental health problems. He, mm. he does. I don't want to divulge why I think so. <laughs> yeah. Because um, you will like... Me and Melissa were watching this right on the couch. I'm like, I want to watch this movie. You know, like, you know, this would be fun, right? <laughs> and the things that happen. Mark's form of foreplay. Oh, dude. Dude. Oh, yeah, man. I tell you. We saw a hamster dick. I, I, was, I was wet. You know what I'm saying? I was like, shit. I'm, oh. dude, dude, I'm fucking gushing here. You know? <laughs> Anyways, oh, um, God. yeah, it, 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 it sounds ridiculous for a document. This is such an engaging doc. 
Um, hmm. I want, but I don't want to spoil anything because it's it's part of the fun. So yeah, yeah I would really suggest it. Again, the final member um, from 2012, totally worth it. Um, awesome. Yeah, yeah, I, I highly recommend it. Um, now, and I had no idea Eve of Destruction was a killer robot movie, so now I want to see that because yeah. I always just passed it by without giving it any thought. You know what? Yeah, you know, I mean, maybe I glossed over it a little too much, but um, Renee's oh, – so so long story short, the military are developing an android for battle, right? So okay. the uh, actress, Renee Solzinjic, she plays the scientist and then she also plays the robot that's based off her likeness. Mm. So they're doing testing. They send the robot into public. So that you know, see how she interacts if she can pass as a human. She goes to goes to the bank. So the robot's going to make a bank deposit. Of course, the bank gets held up. She gets shot, <laughs> and that screws up her circuit. So she goes haywire, right? Mm. So now it's up to her and Gregory Hines to uh, to, to hunt her down, <laughs> to find her and hunt her down. Um, that's awesome. Yeah, it's actually really cool. Like you know, is it is it and that's fantastic? A- no. Um, yeah, it's a it's a uh, shout factor shout- release. Yeah. I okay. don't think it's Scream. I think it's just Shout Factory. I think um, you're right. Yep. But it's bare bones. You know, it's not a collector oh, edition. Okay. It's it's just a release they did. The print wasn't, you know, I guess it was cleaned up a bit for Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. But it, it, it's not spotless like you would see from like collector editions from Scream Factory. Yeah. And all that it has for special features is a trailer. So oh. it's it's just a film. And sometimes that's okay. You know, I don't mm-hmm. get the chance to go through all this, uh, all this um, extra material sometimes. Yeah. So just seeing the movie, um, it, it's fun. You know, it's a it's a '90s action movie. I wouldn't call it horror. It's it's an action film, really. Hmm. You know, cool. but it's a killer robot action film. Like awesome. You know. Yeah. Um, so I recommend that one as well. Um, a, a few more films I want to I want to discuss briefly here. Okay. I went to the movies twice actually on my days off. I was able to see. Oh. Um, so it kind of covers me for my movie challenge for the month to go to the cinema at least, uh, you know, want to go at least once a month. So I've gone twice yeah. this month. So yeah, for me, I went to the Mayfair Theater and I saw Railroad Tigers, a 2016 Jackie Chan film. <laughs> okay. Oh. I've never even heard of that. It, yeah. You know, well, it was like, it was in Chinese subtitles. Like it was, oh, okay. it was amazing. Well, amazing. It's, it, it's what you expect from a Jackie Chan film. Action yeah. with humor, you know? And the guy still got it. You know, he's he's no Rumble in the Bronx anymore, but he can still do stuff. <laughs> and I think his son is part of, yeah, J.C. Chan. His son, which looks a lot like him, they have the same nose, um, is oh. part of his uh, stunt troupe. So he's got, a, he's got a pretty decent role in this film. So it's like father and son working together. That's so cool. this movie, a uh, quick blurb on IMDb. A railroad worker in China in 1941 leads a team of freedom fighters against the Japanese in order to get food for the poor. Simple. Um, so it's pretty much, uh, you know, Chinese, I guess a poor class of Chinese because they're working, you know, they're poor and they're rebelling against the Japanese um, takeover of their land. So it's like them against the Japanese police, Japanese military police. It's freaking good. And it's all based around uh, the railroad and uh, they have to blow up a bridge and what they do to, you know, to get the supplies because they're not a military group. You know, they're like farmers and stuff. They're like, yeah, we'll help with the cause, you know. Um, it's really good. It's a bit of a fish out of water story because they're not military, um, you know, experts. Uh, yeah. But the stuff they do in the film, it's really cool. There's a blend of CGI and real like model work and trains. Hard to know exactly what was what. 
Uh, I was watching the film wondering, you know, is that an actual model or is that an actual train that they built or is that CGI? It was really well seamed uh, or I guess it was seamless, I should say. Um, so, awesome. Yeah, so I really dug it. I don't know if you'll be able to see it in theaters. It'll probably be on Blu-ray soon enough. Um, yeah. So, so there's this that uh, that was uh, – it only aired twice in Ottawa. They only had two showings. And there's one, I forget what it's called. I think it's called Dragon Yoga or something yoga. But it's another Jackie Chan like action film. And yeah. they're airing that in February. So I'm definitely going to go check that out. Um, so I saw that. I watched Arrival on Tuesday. Oh, okay. I really want to see that. Yeah, with Amy Adams and Jeremy Renner. Um, it's a dramatic sci-fi film. It's okay. about, you know, first contact. So it's not uh, it's not um, Independence Day. It, it's yeah. a drama based sci fi movie. I really liked it. I thought the ending kind of felt too much that it was tied up with a bow. You know, like it just ended too perfectly. Mm-hmm. Um, but apart from that, I thought the film was fantastic. Like I think okay, I gave it four good. and a half stars out of five on the letterbox, just nice. because I just thought the ending didn't really sit well with me. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I'm. Totally going to pick it up when it comes out on Blu-ray. Like it's, now, do it's you, really good. Yeah. Do you like Close Encounters of the Third Kind? I do. Okay. Is I, this like, comparable to that at all? Because I hate that movie. Uh no. Because in Close Encounters, pretty much you know where Close Encounters uh, ends when the military make first contact with the sounds and stuff like that. Yeah. This would start when the military makes first contact. So that's when oh, you start. Okay. Oh, yeah. okay. Um, I don't want to go too much into it again because it's no, no. even though the movie is like two months old in the theaters. Wow. Um, it's really like I haven't it, seen it, worth, so that's plenty enough. It's worth checking out, and it's directed by Denis Villeneuve, who did Sicario, and he did um, oh, what's the one with um, uh, shit? Did you Enemy also? I I don't know. I, I okay. honestly I don't know too much. I, he did Incendie, which I believe is a French movie, and he did oh. the one with Hugh Jackman and Jake Gyllenhaal. With children missing. Oh, oh um, really ah, Jesus. Yeah, what is that, that called? It's fucking intense, but it was a really good movie. <laughs> yeah, it's on my to watch list on Netflix. Um, I've, yeah, I've, it's really good. You know what? I should uh, just prisoners. On... prisoners. Prisoners, that's it. Yeah. Prisoners, yes. Yeah, so he did Arrival, he did Prisoners, and Sanzi. He's directing Blade Runner 2049. Oh, so, okay. Yeah. Oh, and you know, he did do Enemy. Uh, I'm not familiar with Enemy. Oh, Enemy's he, fucking brilliant. I love he Enemy. He did make that. So, you know what? Um, this guy has made nothing but, like, decent films. Yeah. Again, I, own, I recently bought Sicario, and I need to see it. You know, so have I. I have yet to watch it. So, uh, it's probably going to be something I watch it this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah. So, knowing that he's doing Blade Runner 2049 makes me want to watch it. You yeah. know, like, it's going to be decent. He's done quality work so far. So, uh, yeah, if you have a chance, go see Arrival. It just got nominated for a bunch of BAFTAs, the British Academy Awards. Um, okay. And I can only imagine it's going to get nominated for a whole bunch of Academy Awards as well. And right. It's just quality from top to bottom. Um, as well, um, Forrest Whitaker's in it too, um, as an mm-hmm. army general or sergeant. or He's high up there, but he's like a liaison for Renner and, um, and Adams, who play scientists. But uh, totally worth checking out. Um, last one I want to talk about, just because I've mentioned other films, mm-hmm. I finished the Airport series with Concord, oh, okay. Airport 79. A lot of people hate this movie, and it killed the franchise. <laughs> I fucking loved it, because it's so <laughs> balls out crazy. It makes no sense whatsoever. So, um, 
<laughs> so uh, George Kennedy is in this movie yet again. So mm -hmm. in the first movie, he was the main maintenance crew guy who cleaned the runway for the plane to land. So, okay. And he's been like, his like job title has been going up and up in every film. So in this one, he's a full-blown pilot and he's yeah. flying the Concorde. Oh, that's and awesome. He's good enough that um okay, so quick long story short, um I guess there's like a a milk a, a weaponized a, a weapon company, right? They make drones and they make missiles and stuff. I guess they sold some weapons illegally to some other countries. So now that's going to be exposed. So the owner or the head of that company is obviously dating a reporter who finds out about it. So then she's flying to Paris so that she can report about it. So of course he's going to, you know, use one of his one of his drones to shoot the plane down, right? <laughs> um so long story short, the drone misses the plane. I don't care spoiler. It's fucking it's a 37-year-old movie. Right. Um <laughs> <laughs> so, so George, um, so uh, his character name, uh, Captain Joe Petroni. So George Kennedy, Captain Joe Petroni, him and his co-pilot are able to evade the drone with multiple barrel rolls and shit on a fucking Concorde. Um, when the drone finally impacts and misses the plane, um, a fighter jet that's uh, loyal to the arms company goes up against the Concorde. Fires like six missiles without any anti-aircraft uh, or any, you know, weapons, defense weapons. They're able to evade the six missiles and the fucking machine gun fire just in time <laughs> for the military jets of France to shoot down that plane. It's so fucking far-fetched. That's amazing. You know, there's Jimmy Walker in the movie who plays a saxophone player who keeps getting high in the bathroom. You've got the, the Polident Lady. Who keeps having to go to the bathroom because she's uh, because she uh, she gets nervous? Um, <laughs> you've got uh, Sylvia Christel, the original Emmanuel. She plays the oh, head wow. stewardess who's uh, having a love affair with the other pilot. Um, <laughs> it's fantastic because it's so cheesy bad. Like it's so bad, but it's so good. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, so I recommend you guys to buy the uh, the uh, airport series. Um, on Blu-ray, I think it's like twenty bucks on Amazon. Um, it's fun. It's also a blast from the past because it goes from like nineteen seventy to nineteen seventy-nine. So it's all seventy stars. You know, mm. um, it's fucking great. And it's funny how like the first movie, it's all about people at the airport helping the plane. In Airport Two, it's you know, it's the the plane. It's the airport helping the plane kind of land because there's no pilot. Uh, airport Three. It's about a plane crash landing in the ocean and sinking to the bottom of the sea and the military helping them. So it has nothing to do with the airport. And Airport 4 has nothing to do with an airport at all. It's all about military planes and fucking <laughs> drones. Like, yeah. Um, again, I recommend it uh, just because it's so kitsch. So, yeah. So that's pretty much all I've watched uh, that I want to talk about uh, this week. Awesome. Fantastic. It's a, an action-packed week. Totally. So that's cool. It's always action-packed in Quebec. Hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. All right. So let's move over to our review this week. So this portion of the podcast is brought to you by Survivalist Shade, a subsidiary of the Umbrella Corporation. Let's face it. The world's looking pretty bleak out there. People are losing their minds, running around, attacking random people on the street, 
orange men with tiny hands devouring the poor, wild animals bloody and mad looking for an easy kill, and the occasional madman who speaks in lone syllabic words carrying rocket launchers looking for that glory target. Worry no more. Survival of Shade knows what you need to keep you and yours safe. They offer a wide variety of weaponry and personal arms, as well as those munitions with just a tad more stopping power for when that military helicopter has discovered your survivalist shade underground bunker, or just when your neighbor has strayed too far into your concrete area. Survivalist shade has all your needs. Survivalist shade, keeping you safe while you keep sane. All right, so thank you to them. So Resident Evil Apocalypse from 2004. So if you have not seen this film, do know there will be spoilers as there is every week. So if you've not seen it, pause here, go watch the movie, come on back and hit play and we'll be here for you. So Resident Evil Apocalypse is directed by Alexander Witt, still written by Paul W.S. Anderson. It has an IMDb score of 6.2 out of 155,458 votes a Metacritic score of 35, a tomato meter of 21%, and an audience score of 61%. It had a $45 million budget with a $50.7 million gross. So, Ash, what is your history with Resident Evil Apocalypse? Uh, Like the first Resident Evil, saw this one in the theater, um, and I've had it on DVD. uh, Okay. So I've, I've seen it a couple times. How did you like it when you saw it in theater, if you remember? Do what? How, how did you like it when you saw it in theaters, if you remember? Um, I liked it well enough. I, okay. It was, I don't know. I, 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 I have mixed feelings on the film. There are bits of it okay. that I really like, and there are other bits I don't. So That's fine, yeah. And what about you, Mark? What's your history with Apocalypse? My earliest recollection of the film was actually watching it on DVD. Um, I don't remember okay. seeing this in theaters. <laughs> Yeah, this one I didn't see in theaters either. As much as I love the first one, for whatever reason, I just didn't see Apocalypse in theaters, which this came out in 2004. So that was um, that was the year I graduated. And, and between like 2002 and 2005-ish, I was going to the theater a ton. So I don't know how in the hell I missed this one, but for whatever reason, I did. So uh, the first time I saw this was actually on Blu-ray. I believe it was just probably around 2011, 2010. I mean, it was a long time after it came out. So this is, um, as far as I remember, only the second time I've watched the film now. But, okay. Yeah. So this one starts out and we get this, we get a lot of, uh, basically a lot of rehashing of the first movie. Um it, it it is an efficient way to explain the basically the entirety of the first movie, but it just felt a little uninspired, to say the least. The way they went about it, I would agree with that. They, I mean, um, the whole movie kind of hits the ground running when mm-hmm. they and they basically they assume that everyone who's going to see this either saw the first movie or played the games, and yeah, like they don't give it any time to develop, and it just. It's like, uh, that bugged the crap out of me. Mm-hmm. See, I didn't mind the little recap at the beginning just because the film, the first film ends in an epic way with Alice, you know, in the deserted streets of Raccoon City already dismantled. Yeah. Um, so I have no problems with a little quick recap on what's going on with Alice here before, uh, you know, before we really get into the action here. Uh, I didn't have a problem with the opening. You know, I did, I did like how quickly they showed, or how quickly and easily they showed the virus getting out of the hive. 
those little red dots on the device said it all. And I thought that well, that part was really cool. Um, but this whole, it's kind of all the way up from the beginning of the film, all the way up until I want to say the church sequence. It's, it's so ah, chaotic. The editing is just all over the place. You jump here, you jump there, you go forward in time, you go back in time, uh, present day in the past, so on and so forth. And it was just chaotic, frantic. I don't know. It um, That part bugged me a little bit, I guess. Well, I had a few things I didn't like uh, right off the bat in the film. Yeah. Um, one was, uh, I like Jerry Harris, uh, who plays Dr. Ashford. Okay. Yep. Ashford, yeah. Yes. I hated his glasses. What's up with those oh my God. spectacles? Oh, I know they were that, fucking annoying. That bugged me. Uh, but you know, when the, when you meet him for the first time, like I liked seeing you know Umbrella getting rid of their key personnel. You know, I like seeing the 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 roles or the role of uh, of suburbans, black suburbans. You know, infiltrating the city to get rid of all the key people before you know closing it all down. See yeah. I, that I, I really liked. Um, Something else I didn't like? Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, yeah. I was just say you get so much so quick. So you, you have that um, – you get kind of get the recap of but the first film. You get that's the okay, though, because, you know, so fast, so quick. But at the same time, we have no time to lose here. The hive is open, you know. Uh, it, it's showing a little bit of urgency on, that's, on the that's film. Point. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think, like, it makes sense. So let's say something like this happened in real life. Let's say, let's say it's not zombies. Let's say it's some, just some, some bug, right? Like a yeah. movie like Contagion or something. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to have, you know, military Humvees up and down the streets, getting all this key people out like right away before people even know what's going on yet. Mm-hmm. So to me, uh, I was okay with that. And I think that's something that, uh, you know, uh, could actually happen depending on some viral outbreak or some, you know, some some gas attack who knows right so i was i was okay with that part of it what i wasn't okay with was jill basically knowing how to fight zombies what they are and everything else when we have like nothing on jill having any kind of experience with this all we get is her arming up at her apartment a couple of newspapers saying that she's a disgraced cop, and then she walks into the police station and just starts shooting a bunch of people that are dead. And it's yeah. like, hey, I'm getting out. You guys should too. I was like, that's, what? Yeah. That's the other thing I don't like out of uh, the beginning is her character. She is she a dirty Harry cell character in the game? Kind like, of. I don't remember. Nah, I mean, is she, that's not I, what I, I don't got. remember that. No, me neither. So her going all like, you know, um, dirty Harry and shooting. First of all, you're going to discharge your firearm in a fucking police station. Mm-hmm. Bullshit. Like, come on. And her. Okay. You're uh, you're a marksman. So with a, with a one pistol, you're able to shoot all these zombies in the head and not hurt anybody. You know, and the fact that she shot uh, um, Mike Epps's uh, handcuff off the bench instead of just taking a fucking key. I don't know. I just like I know she's she's a good character. I think she becomes badass later on in the games. But I just thought her introduction, I just didn't like her. Now I liked her physically. I thought she was very good looking. She's hot and stuff. Yeah. And she's and she's dressing like she did in Resident Evil Two. But I just didn't like this fucking female dirty Harry. It just didn't vibe with so, her well. I think what my my big, biggest problem with her character in in total was that. I feel like the actress is, is playing it over the top. She's playing it up yeah. 
whereas yeah. the rest of the cast is taking it very seriously. And it just when you see her, it feels like you're like just watching like the epitome of a video game movie. Like it feels the way she's dressed, the costuming, it just it looks cheap and it looks ah just fake. And her acting style goes along with that. And I think that's like the, the thing that I disliked about her in all, in, in total, where she wasn't in line with the rest of the, of the film. And I thought that was just strange. Why is she so different? Cause even Barry, he wasn't like that. Yeah. So I mean, like it could have just been like a certain style from that team, but I mean, her partner or teammate, whatever you want to call him, yeah. wasn't like that. So it's like, ah. It just that bugged the hell out of me. I feel like she settles in as the film moves on, yeah. but the first half up, up until maybe Barry is is killed, she's oh. just so over the top. I agree, and it's like she's got this this I don't know the way that she's such a she's she's oh, let me get my thoughts. She's acting like Alice yes. would, but she has no enhancements. So I'm like, mm-hmm. why are you so perfect? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I, She's I, like, I, like, is she infected with the T virus? Because it would make sense. Yeah. If, because she, the way she's acting, you know, all uh, nonchalant and fucking, you know, oh, shoot them in the head, then then they're dead. You know, like, just shit mm-hmm. like that. It's like, how would you know? Right. No, absolutely yeah. right. And that's the I, thing. We they could have spent even ten minutes, ten minutes, you know, with like a history for Jill going up into that, so we can see her building up into this, you know. As yeah. opposed to just dropping her in. And it's just like, it, it's like, they realize, it's like they, they're they like, okay, well, we made Alice so bad, so we have to, like, over-crank Jill to make up for it. It's like, mm-hmm. not every character needs to be badass godhead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's it, though. You know, when she appears on screen, I know exactly who she is because of the video game. Yeah. I don't know. Absolutely. Um, one thing I loved was the relationship between Jill and Alice, because... For the most part, this might not be 100% through the whole thing, but if Jill tries to do something, she's going to fail and then Alice is going to come in and make that make it work, be the one who takes control of the situation. And I like that uh, just dichotomy between the two characters there. She was Alice was kind of the one who always made things right. Or Alice is the one who kind of cleaned up all the messes. They, yeah, they, they, yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, exactly. Um. I thought the first cool action sequence of the film was, and there's a few of them here. Uh, there's a number of really cool action sequences, I think. But uh, the first one had to be when I think his name was Oliviera, uh, the cop, Odette Fair. Yeah, is that one? Is that uh, the it's main uh, umbrella guy? Yeah, the main umbrella guy. Yeah. He um, jumps from the chopper with the guns blazing. Um, yeah. I just thought that was really cool. I mean, it was. The, the the point there was no point to that whole sequence because the person was already bitten and she jumps off and goes off anyway but um i just from an action scene standpoint i thought it looked pretty cool i thought they did a good job with that i didn't i didn't like the way no. you fell and shot guns at the same time I'm like oh fuck off you're gonna you're gonna oh, I liked jump it. from a helicopter and fucking mark like shoot zombies in the head at the same time it makes no sense but that whole sequence did remind me a bit of the running man you know, at the beginning when uh, Schwarzenegger, <laughs> he, uh, right. you know, the butcher of Bakersfield, yeah. you know, he's like, oh, there's people that we can't shoot and they're shooting. Here's kind of like the opposite. Like, oh, we got to save her, but we can't. We have our orders, you know. So mm-hmm. to me, it reminded me of Running Man right away. But uh, no, see, uh, for some reason, the over the top action sequences in the movie bugged me big time. Oh, so, I loved them. 
Really? So, so yep. him uh, jumping from the from the helicopter and shooting, I did not like. Um, the church scene when Alice flies. Oh my through god! I fucking loved Alice. it. I hated that. I loved it. It was oh, so cool. No. I it did not so like nice. that. It was good up until she, because she's superhuman. I just don't like it. her flying through. First of all, how do they know that she's there? But then flying through the glass, landing, spinning around, and then revving the bike, then dripping off the bike while the bike goes against a liquor. Go fuck yourself. I did. <laughs> this movie is such a fun. Do you not like flight. action movies? I don't like when it's unbelievable. You know, like when it's like really. So you, yeah, wow, yeah, okay. But, but just in this scenario, you know, and it, it's not, and it, I just find Alice, she's over the top. You know, like she didn't have to go through the fucking. You know what I mean? It's and I know it's a fucking action zombie video game movie. So why am I griping? But That's I find this this film is such a good zombie flick to begin with, um, and then it just goes over the top, and I'm like, ugh, I don't want so much icing on my cake. Oh, I love the icing. It was no. deliciously sweet. It's going to give me a headache. <laughs> I, I don't know. I really enjoyed how, how uh, the powers that Alice had. Um, like when um, the I, – I can't remember. I think it was the nemesis. She uh, is trying to fight him for the first time. Yep. And uh, she's on the car and she just jumps like th- 30 feet in the air. Uh, that was like the first glimpse outside of the motorcycle that you see like these powers really uh, – that she has these powers. And I yeah. thought that was really cool. I really like that. Um, there's a shot – going back to that church sequence, there's a shot that um, Alice throws the – I don't know. There's an explosion happening in the background and you see Alice kind of from the ground – from like the – from behind. It is such a cool shot but they only stay on it for like a half a second. And I really wish they would have let that shot live because it was kind of in slow motion. You see just the uh, explosion in um, like out of focus in the back. And I don't know. It was a really cool shot that they should have let live a couple seconds longer because I thought it looked awesome. Yeah. The thing is with this movie and like a lot of action movies these days is everything is so frantically edited that Mm -hmm. sometimes it's hard to focus on exactly what you're watching on screen because of the cuts you know? Yeah, and that um, was that's kind of what I was talking about with the opening. I felt like there was – the editing was getting in the way of itself in the opening there until we got to this point in the film where it slows down tremendously when we are searching for the liquor. It's just like you have the opening 10 minutes and there's like a whole other movie yeah. <laughs> where they're searching through this church slow, silent, no quick editing, anything like that. It just felt like a whole different film. And then Alice shows up. And mm. uh, I thought from there on, though, I thought the editing was – I didn't have any problem with the editing. I thought it worked pretty well. Um, but there was just that one shot that I wish would have let uh, – be less frantic, I guess. And even, you know, the movie's only two years since the first one. Yeah. I thought the CGI for the liquors looked so much better. No, I wrote that down too. Oh, did yeah. you? Yeah. yeah. yeah I I thought it's, it still, really it's still not great, but it looks yeah. like a lot better than it did. Yeah, yeah, totally. Definitely agree with you there. The one – so I want another aspect I didn't like um, and I – kind of through the whole thing where the star, the random stars guys, they were yeah. just boring to watch because we didn't know anything about them. We didn't – I didn't know why we were watching them and it's not until they get the phone call that we – which is halfway through the fucking movie – that we realize, well, oh, they're eventually they're going to join up. Those are but umbrella like, guys. Umbrella guys. I, I'm sorry. Yes. 
Yep. Um, I just, I, man, they, it was those scenes were so boring. I just, I didn't give a shit about any of them. See, I didn't mind them just because of the casting. Uh, Zach Ward played Nikolai. Oh, and his stupid accent. Yes, as, as your service. I like it, but I like the uh, the actor though. I've never met the guy, but I yeah. think he's cool in all the movies he pops up in. And he no, was fucking. You know who that kid is, right? Yeah, Zach Ward. Well, he played the fucking uh, kid Farkas in A Christmas Story. Yeah, yeah. He's he also was the bully. The first Transformers movie too. Was he in the first Transformers? Yes, he is. He's the first one of the first soldiers to die by Scorponok, I think. I ah, okay. Oh. Yeah, I, I like I liked him in the movie. I thought it was pretty badass. Um, it, it just sucked when the dogs took over, but uh, I didn't mind the, the the umbrella guys just because they're the ones that were left behind. So how are they <laughs> gonna you know react to the situation? Um, yeah. w- what I was disappointed with was the stars guys that they really had like one scene with Nemesis and then that's it. You know, I was hoping to to see stars and umbrella were together or you know all the stars guys. In the police station, you know, as maybe a, a save point uh, to figure out what to do next. But they just get slaughtered. It's too bad because I could. I was hoping to see more. See, yeah, there's no. They would have. We would have been better again if they tied those guys to Jill. Even, and, mm-hmm. and, you know, they mm-hmm. were Jill, like Jill's former unit or something. Right. And, and they had done something wrong, and that was why they were going. Umbrella was going after them. You know, it, it, something it, that there was a, a, quite a few points where I was just like, "Come on!" It, it just felt a little shoehorned because you know Nemesis yeah. is going to go against them for the first time, and it's only uh, Major Kane uh, back in in the office where he's like, "Oh, these are stars." It's like the tactical. Super oh. it's like it's like they're a SWAT team, but yeah. without him saying that, how, how would you know? You know what I mean? I know. I was trying to honestly. I was trying to remember what you, who you were talking about exactly. But now I, I remember what you're talking about. Yeah, they have virtually no role in this whatsoever. Yeah. So it's like without Major Kane talking out loud. Yeah. You know, uh, or maybe it was his. It was his henchman uh, on the computer saying, "Oh, this yeah, is towards stars." But right. just like that exposition, without that, like the the audience who doesn't know the subject matter would not even mm-hmm. know what the fuck is the stars. You know what I mean? Right. So, yeah. Which is too bad because I think stars would have been really cool, but you know, yeah. missed opportunity. I loved um, uh, what's his name the the African American character, Mike Epps. Uh, he plays LJ. LJ, I knew it was a yeah. thing. I can't remember what uh, an acronym, but okay. Um, I thought he was he was pretty funny. The I, I loved when he crashed this car watching the two <laughs> topless zombies. I thought that was hilarious. And not just that. Oh. When he's hitting the pedestrian, goes GTA, motherfucker! And like, yeah. <laughs> he's awesome. Like I, I remember yeah. like watching that the first time, and I popped big for it. Like Mike, <laughs> he puts the humor in this movie, and he's mm-hmm. awesome in everything he does. Like I dig my caps. Yeah, I don't know that I've seen him in anything else, frankly, but I do like him in this. Um. See, I liked the kind of the transformation that we get of Alice. So not only the physical, but there's also that emotional transformation, um, which then is played on again in this film. So she's like the only uh, emotional character in the first film. And now when we meet her, she's just this absolute hard ass. Um, And she's just ready to pull the trigger on someone who's about to change without even a thought. Just, you know, it's just going to be that way. But then later on in the film, it, it changes again and she starts to show emotion again when she realizes that she's fighting her former partner in the nemesis. And so I, I don't know. I just enjoy that from the first film 
to the beginning of this film to the end of this film, um, there's a good arc there, a good emotional character arc for Alice. Yeah. And just the fact that she's, you know, part of the Nemesis program as well. Because if you've seen some right. flashbacks, you know yep. how Nemesis himself has, you know, his face stapled shut. Mm-hmm. Well, her face was cut open like that as well. You see it briefly, but you do see it. But mm-hmm. she was able to regenerate her skin when Nemesis, you know, he's just, he looks like a big, big walking cancer tube. You know what I mean? Like he's yeah. all grotesque and whatnot. Right. Um, so like she's like a better or I guess a more recent version or a better version of of Nemesis himself. Mm-hmm. Because they're they're practically the same, but just you know he's all gigantored and she was able to uh, to keep her keep yeah. her form beautiful. And Mila Jovovich. So uh, Jovovich, yes. Yuva? Yuva? Yuva. Yuva. Jovovich. It's yeah. not Jova. Oh man, she ripped into Michelle Rodriguez last in the last commentary. It's yeah. Jovovich, like a like a Yankee. Um, Nemesis himself, I remember hating the Nemesis character seeing the movie the first time I saw this. Really? Okay. Uh, I, I did. I thought it was underused and it was like I was expecting more. But oh. watching it just now for the podcast, mm-hmm. I thought he was perfect. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I th- I loved him. Not yeah. only does he just – he just looks and feels. He has a weight to him that just is like this absolute fucking force of nature. Yeah. And I thought yeah. they used him really well. I loved it. What's funny is he's actually grown on me as uh, uh, over viewings. Like I wasn't like the first yeah. time I watched him. I was just like, eh. But I know he, he's grown on me as we've. And I think you're right because I don't remember liking him in, the first time I watched it. I, frankly, I didn't like the movie that much at all the first time I watched it. But same here. Yeah. I, I thought it was it was kind of subpar. Um, yeah. And uh, we're watching it now. Maybe you know with, with a ten year filter on my eyes. Exactly. Um, yeah, I, I thought I thought the costume was really good. You know, it's mm-hmm. a it's a leather it's a rubber mask. Yeah, but it looks it looks good. It's a it yeah, shot it didn't look well. Like it. I loved the vapor coming out of his mouth when he talked. Mm-hmm. You know, and when he just yelled stars, I yeah. thought it was so cool. You know, um, I just completely wrote him off the first time I saw this. Yeah, I was really impressed this time around, which um, shocked me with that with that character, but. Can we discuss something? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So when so Ashcroft's daughter, right? Yeah. She gets she gets um into a car accident with a mm-hmm. with a cement truck. Now, where is the because this is before the outbreak occurs, right? Right. So where one, did the cement driver die or did he just drive off? Because you don't really see the cement truck after after the crash. Um, right. And, and two, where are emergency services? So you tell me there's a, there's a two vehicle accident. And there's no ambulance. There's no fire. There's no police. But well, I mean that's see that's what was one of my problems. It's just everything was so quickly done in in terms of the like filmmaking of it, the editing of it that you just don't get any of that stuff. Yeah, that's what tossed I just, out. I don't understand how you know how much time has elapsed. I don't know, but nobody ever showed up to the crash scene. The girl was able to just to. Eventually, when she gets out of her days to walk back to school and like, no, there's nobody around, you know, yeah. I, I just, to me, this, the whole accident thing where she just gets up and goes to the school made no sense to me. Yeah, the main villain, I don't know his name, the bad guy basically uh, of the movie. Yeah. yeah. He says like th- they couldn't find her at the crash site and they've been searching and haven't been able to find her. So, I mean, like, clearly that's what happens, but I, I, <laughs> Does it make sense? I, no, I don't no. think so. It's strange. 
So it's another unit down. Um, My thought. I don't know. It just, uh, it just, that just rubbed me the wrong way. I felt like it was kind of like a doomsday prepper situation. I guess, I don't know. That'd be a bad way to describe it, but like, this is something they've talked about. If this happens, take your medicine, go here. I will come get you. That's what it felt like to me. Yeah. But didn't he have to scan for his daughter first? Like he didn't know. Well, he knew where she was because he went, he went right to the school and then he was using the, the surveillance cameras to see if he could actually see her. At the school, yeah, I don't know. Just, just, I just find that story kind of it just kind of shoehorned, you know. Like, mm-hmm. just they crash. Oh, she's at the school now. So, and brother didn't send anybody else to get her. You know, I don't know. It just seemed weird. So yeah. they just left the two people dead in the car because obviously they had two uh, star. Uh, they had two umbrella guys there, so they don't care about their staff. Why would you want to work for them? <laughs> they really seem like they don't give a fuck about their employees. Exactly. <laughs> you know, literally leaving them to die. Well, well, at least in the first case, it was the Red Queen's fault. You know, it wasn't right. like a higher up saying, hey, don't do that, you know? Yeah. But in this one, it's like, ah, sucks to be you. Yeah. But it's still in the first one, they were, they only had X amount of time where they were fucked because they were sealing it off. Oh, no, that was the Red Queen sealing it off, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 I'm sorry. It was, all, right. it, was all, it was all a computer. Yep. Same um, way how Apple kind of fucks you over when you get Apple Music and he fucks and he's just <laughs> To me, there's a parallel, you know? Very good parallel. That's right. Yeah. Uh, I felt like I could watch Jill and Alice kick ass all day long in that cemetery. I thought that was a really cool scene. Uh, I have a problem with that scene as well. Okay. Okay. <laughs> what was wrong with that one? It's a T-virus. How okay. the fuck is a virus reanimating the dead? I did not like the fact that people <laughs> were coming out of yeah. their fucking coffins. That is, yeah, that is true. Sorry, they should not have been coming out of their coffins at all. Yeah, I have no, no idea why the hell that happened. It's like, how is a virus reanimating dead tissue? You know, if, if you're alive and you die and then you reanimate the meat already, fine. But this is all bones. Yeah. There's no fucking marrow left, you know? Like, I, I just, I, I bugged the fuck no, out of it. That's me. true. That's true. Yeah, my wife does have a point. They do it in the game. So, therefore, it has to happen in the movie. Uh, <laughs> explain it in the fucking movie. Right. Uh, yeah, I just it, you that, know that what me. It's like with any like I bought it right from the beginning, right from that opening motorcycle through the window, and so I just was going with it. And um, whatever happened, I was like, oh, "All right, that's fine. This is fun because it's going to bring the action." Yeah. Uh, and so it's just one of those things, you know what I mean? Like you're absolutely right. It does it's it's not great, but I just enjoyed the result, I guess. But as well, though. As a character in the movie, mm-hmm. if you're facing off against zombies, why the fuck would you cross a cemetery? It just doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> you know, go around the uh, cemetery. Don't point. come through it. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing good happens in a cemetery at night. Right. Nothing. <laughs> <sighs> Anyways. I love there was this awesome shot uh, when they're on the bus and they're talking about how to get the girl out before and, and not to be nuked. Um, it's just Alice like looking up talking with the rest of the crew. I don't there was something about it. It was such a great shot. The way her face was lit, kind of like this square light around her. Mm-hmm. Um I, it was such a cool shot and she looked great in that shot. I thought, man, the director really found a a, a good uh, still image here and he went with it. I thought that was really cool. So there's a couple moments uh, I think that are really good Im- uh, images. Well, Mia does look good in everything. So That's yeah, true. That, that You're absolutely yeah. right there. Yeah, I'm a big fan of hers. Mm-hmm. Um, so, can you answer this? And you probably can. I just, I'm not sure. Okay. What is the point 
of the nemesis program? Is it to eliminate survivors? And then military, but why would that be tactic device? Yeah. Oh, okay. Let's say you drop that out, drop him uh, into Afghanistan, and he just yeah, clears, that makes sense. the road, right? And of course, right. you know, he's going to test it, uh, test it in Raccoon City. Yeah. Okay. So, like like all like you know any like eve of destruction, same thing. You, know, you drop it off in in a warring country, and mm-hmm. let it, you know it, it saves military lives by uh, you know by using robots and stuff. So this is the same principle. Yeah. It's all for military applications. Right. Yeah. No, it makes sense. I don't know how I didn't think of that, but that's obvious. So, um, I did like that they had creepy zombie kids. <laughs> and again, that makes sense to me because it's a virus. Mm-hmm. So of course it'll be creepy zombie kids, you know? Right. Um, and then the, and the zombie dogs came back. Yeah. And that's what I, was, I think, I mean, they looked arguably even better, I thought, than in the first film, which mm-hmm. they looked really good in the first film too. Uh, but I think they just do a really good job with those damn dogs. What are they, Cerebus, Cerebuses, whatever? Well, uh, and, and speaking of dogs during the commentary, because I listened to the commentary with um, Mila, Odin, and uh, for some reason, as Sienna was not part of the original recording, so her her commentary was like cut in and out, which oh, was very okay. noticeable. Mm. But uh, Mila has two dogs. One is called <laughs> Madness, and the other one is called Bubbles. I <laughs> <laughs> love it. And apparently, the, she could not have her dogs in her trailer on set the day of the German Shepherd dogs or whatever dogs they use in this movie, because they would smell the dogs even if they're in her trailer, and they would oh. not—they uh, wouldn't be able to behave themselves. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, man, are they Doberman? I don't think so. But you know, they, they look oh. like Anubis dogs, right? Like like Egyptian. Yeah. yeah. No, I don't exactly. think they're Dobermans, but I'm not a dog person, so. I, oh, I gotcha. They are. I loved the um, the explosion with the use of the the fire blanket. I thought that looked badass, and it was just a really good idea. Uh, yeah. And that's kind of where I wrote down. I love when Jill tries to do something. Alice just upstages her <laughs> and does it right. Yeah, yeah. But, I had no problems with that. I just don't know how believable it is. You know, the fire blanket. Uh, <laughs> We're watching a zombie movie. I don't really, really care if it's believable. I want some more singeing on the blanket after, but that's okay. I'm not picking here. <laughs> oh, man. You know what was strange to me? And I think it's probably just because of the age that we're in now that we never see it, but there was a lot of smoking in this film. I, you see it three times, and you you never see that nowadays, so I think that's probably why it, so, it stood out to me. But Jill, yeah. Alice, and Dr. Ashford all smoked, which is just strange to see that much smoking in a film. I'll be honest. I'd probably start smoking, too, in a zombie apocalypse just because. <laughs> just because. Little, yeah. I'd probably be smoking weed or something, or maybe I'd do some crap. That's, what, yeah, because, that's the way to go. Yeah. yeah. I would do something, keeping my hands busy, you know? <laughs> Uh, one moment I thought was kind of uh, awkward, strange, um, out of character maybe, um, was Alice flirting with the Oliviero, or I, I don't know if that's his name. Ash, is that his name? Yeah, Carlos Oliveira. Mark, okay. Yeah. Carlos. Um, oh, man, she would destroy him. <laughs> she would destroy him. He marries oh. Alice? Oh, my God. It would be... Oh. <laughs> Oh, uh, she, oh, can you? Oh, yeah, enough said. Yeah. <laughs> enough said. Fl- fl- flippy shit, Alice. Oh, boy. Uh, she, yeah, she would She would wreck him. Yeah. That's oh, so good. funny. I would totally watch. 
<laughs> that goes without saying, obviously. Oh man. I oh. <laughs> um another another cool um action sequence that I liked that I'm sure Mark didn't um was the shot of Alice running down the side of the building. I oh, thought it so looked great. really cool. I thought it looked fucking retarded. Oh no, I didn't. What like didn't? Oh, I did not like that. I'm like, she's Man. okay. She, she's, you know what? It's okay if she's rappelling down, mm-hmm. but she's running. Okay, she's doing running motions. Yeah, her feet aren't touching the building, so she's just running on air. I'm well, like, she's like, like no, she's actually touching the building. It's just, it's a yeah. like, not in every step. Maybe well, at the beginning. I'm just saying, you know what? I think she's just using it to like propel herself every once in a while, like on a skateboard. Yeah, I don't like that. I didn't. I, I did not like that. I'm like, that's stupid. Oh man, I, I I know. You know, it's like those action sequences. I hated, but believe it or not, I did enjoy this movie. But yeah, it's just, these these things just yeah. I know that's not a word. It's just a sound. <laughs> so those, so those carries a lot of meaning. Podcasts in the future, I'm not sure you're going to spell that either. <laughs> so go, you know. Think of uh, it, uh, think think of a way for yourself. <laughs> um, like pumping her arms like she's fucking sprinting. Give me a break. Just fall. It was, you know, it was just, great. Just, just, just fall. <laughs> oh, let, but it was let, let, let gravity take its take its it course. All, you know, it was all for a cool reason. You can't fall faster than point eight newtons per second. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, I have yeah, no idea. So I remember from my physics class in grade twelve. Yeah, I never took a physics class, so can't help you there. That's what you like uh, that scene. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Ignorance is bliss, damn it. Um, so what was his name again? The bad guy, the villain? A uh, Major Kane. Oh, Major no, Kane. Just uh, stupid name. Yeah, Major Kane. Um, so I I didn't understand why it made sense for him to shoot the only person who had value to him. As a quote-unquote statement to Alice, why not shoot the Umbrella guy who means nothing to him? Why shoot the one person on that platform that has the most value? That's it just easy. doesn't make sense. No, it makes it's so sense. So he's in charge and he doesn't give a shit about anybody else. Not just and that. You could have done that by shooting the Umbrella guy. Not just that. It's his fucking glasses. I shoot him too. <laughs> it's the size of his pupil. Oh, get, some, man. get some eyewear, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> it was to make sure that they knew that he wasn't bluffing because, you know, you shoot that guy, he's going to shoot every one of the people you care about just for shits and giggles. Yeah, pretty much. You think I'm bluffing? I just shot the guy that means the most to me right now. So you guys mean nothing to me. But what do they really mean to Alice? Those two. Um, well, Alice, Alice is a superhero. She, she, she's a good guy. She wants everybody yeah. to get, get their safe, and she hates Umbrella, you know? And it yeah. just sucks that, you know, the girl that they, like, you know, they've got the girl. What are they going to do with the girl now? You know? She's right. uh, she's no longer with her dad, so now she's it's going to be baggage for her. Which, yeah. oh, and if, if that last scene, if, if we jump to the last scene when they leave in the SUV, mm-hmm. why the fuck is she there with them? Yeah, like, I was. What like, the fuck? I mean, well, no where else would she be? In their secret hideaway or something. But why would the little girl be in the back seat when they're trying to uh, free uh, Alice from uh, the umbrella compound? Yeah, I mean, no sense to me whatsoever. 
You leave her with a babysitter. It's all of our all of our characters together again. Yeah. yeah ugh. The, or don't doesn't she have an aunt or something? Like, come on. <laughs> uh, um. What else? Well, we did see some more nudity, which was nice. Yeah. At the end, yeah, we, we saw did. some. We saw some more yep. Mila Jovovich nudity, which yeah, is never right. a bad thing. Um, and then it just sets up uh, the bad guy for the next movie, Doctor Isaacs. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, and we get the the fight between the nemesis and Alice, which I thought was pretty decent. Um, I like that oh, it brought sure. back uh, yeah. the human side of Alice again. Um, and it still showed that Nemesis had a human side too. Right. Exactly. Yeah, definitely. It was um, Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, right. Another another action sequence I liked. Alice drops the guns and then or drops the gun, but grabs it before it hits the ground and fires three shots at the guys killing them. Wonderful. Yes, but but who doesn't do that? <laughs> how, how is that how is that like amazing? Right. <laughs> I tell you, you can't. Oh man. Practice, practice giving the gun one bounce, and then mm-hmm. you know your reaction time gets better, and then eventually you, you won't have to let it bounce. You'll catch it before it hits the ground. Oh man! Ah, uh, so yeah, so that was adequate. Yeah, I love at the end. Like she's just she's a badass, even with just the towel on. She's still kicking people's asses. I thought that was cool. Just a really? cool image. She's a badass naked. She doesn't need yep. a towel. Exactly. The the I think probably my favorite part of the end sequence there is when everyone realizes she knows and remembers everything. I know, <laughs> yeah. A, a pen. A pen. Really, dude? You read with this. Like <laughs> why of all things? A pen. <laughs> okay. it's because, I think it's because because she was looking at it weird. Yeah. I think she was staring at his dick, but whatever. <laughs> uh, that's a variation oh, of pen yeah but yeah no, I just thought that sequence was kind of weird but uh, and it just sets up for the next movie so that's okay right so anything else to add that you learned from the commentary track at all well okay there are three commentary tracks on the, the DVD that I have oh wow um, so I went with the cast commentary because uh, the commentary last time with Mila was fun uh, this one is fun too her and Odette Fair were a riot. Um, Sienna Gilroy, because she wasn't recording with them, she mm-hmm. was a little more technical with her talk, uh, her commentary on Jill Valentine. Yeah. Um, which, oh, man, she had some funny comments. She made something, she said something that um, she called Resident Evil a cult game, an indie cult game, which I'm like, nope, that's not true. Um, <laughs> uh. Uh, Anyways, uh, yeah, I only wrote that one thing. Uh, then I kind of just disregarded her commentary for the rest of the film and I just zoomed yeah. her out. But um, Mila and Oded were hilarious. At one point, like they, they were just retelling, they were, they were saying their lines over the dub, the lines of the movie, but with different voices. <laughs> you know, very little on the on the information scale, but high on the entertainment scale. So at one point, they're just talking German accents. It was very funny, you know. Um, but yeah, they filmed this one in Toronto, so it wasn't in Germany, like the last one. Oh, okay. Um, apparently it was very cold. Hmm. And, um, yeah, that's really it. I, I pretty much put notes mostly of where I was upset with the film because, you know, of the, what you talked about with the action sequences. Um, 
but yeah, um, again, it was a fun commentary, but it wasn't really informational. So gotcha. Uh, yeah, but it's it's if you have the DVD or I'm not sure if it's on the Blu-ray or not, but the original DVD release of it has three commentaries, and the Mila one is worth listening to just for a comedic factor. Okay. Very good. So what are your final thoughts and your star rating for Resident Evil Apocalypse, Mark? Um, initially, I remember not liking it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wasn't really looking forward to watching it again. Um, but I really dug it. Uh, apart from the just the ludicrous action scenes, um, I thought it was a decent zombie film. Um, so, yeah. Um now, I didn't want to rate it above the first one just because I did like the first one a lot too. Um, so I'm going to give it, uh, I think I gave the first one three stars. Yeah. If, if I'm correct, I'm going to give this one three stars as well. Okay. And what about you, Ash? What are your final thoughts and your star rating for Resident Evil Apocalypse? Well, I I remember being very lukewarm on it the first time. I kind of liked it more on other viewings, but this time like I went into like nitpick mode. Mm-hmm. Uh, which which is not a good place to be for me when I'm watching a movie I like. <laughs> uh, it, I think it tries to where the first film like basically like okay said you know hey we could be in the game universe still and we could be a prequel to both. This one basically is like okay we're going to take the, the everything from the second game and cram it onto a movie whether it makes sense or not. And it, some of it works, some of it doesn't. Uh it it has still has an action horror vibe from the first one I kind of like, but there's a lot of it that just feels rushed. Just like, you know, the, whether they were setting up the scenes too fast or whether they, they went in and maybe they should have done reshoots on some of the stuff. Maybe they did do reshoots and they shouldn't have. Uh, I don't know. Um, the the acting's pretty good. Uh, Mia, uh, Mia and Oded are always great, and there hasn't been a role that Jared Harris has done that he hasn't been fantastic in. Mm-hmm. Um Mike Epps was great with his comedy stuff. Um, Sienna Gilroy, uh, she looks looks the part of Jill, and when she's kicking ass, she's great. But I think this time around, just like some of the scenes just felt flat. Uh, I think a lot of that would, I think it would have helped if we'd gotten a better film introduction to Jill as opposed to us having to go in with game knowledge to get anything out of her character in the film. Um, I did like the, the daughter, Jared Harris's daughter. Um, you know, I was just picturing her, you know, turning toward the camera going, you're all going to die down here. Cause it's the same. Well, it's not the same actress, but it's the same girl, you know, the, <laughs> but, uh, I, well, it might be the same actress. I didn't look. Um, but, uh, you know, while there are parts that I liked this time around, some of the things are kind of showing their age and fraying a little bit at the edges, and it kind of hurt the film for me. And it's a serviceable sequel. I I enjoyed it when I wasn't nitpicking, uh, but I think it could have dealt with you know having a little bit more time to develop it and kind of let us give a crap about the characters in and around some of the action scenes. So I give this one two out of four. All right. And so just to repeat, because I've had complaints the past couple of weeks that your star rating has like cut off in the final uh, product, you gave this two out of four stars. That's Ash's rating. All right. So my final thoughts, um, you know, I was actually really surprised by Apocalypse this time through because like 
um, we were saying before, I remember not liking this one very much the first time I went through the series, but this time through, I had a ton of fun with it. Um, it's a nice follow-up to the original, and it progresses the story well enough to make me really interested in where the hell it goes from here, because I don't really remember. Um, the makeup effects on the Nemesis were incredible. Um, they make him feel like a force to be reckoned with, which is really important here. The liquors, though not nearly as important in this story, they look better, and I feel like they actually used them better in this last film. Um, it was during that church scene where the movie kind of settled down a little bit for me, and the editing got out of its own way, uh, for the most part, for the rest of the film. There was a lot of exposition tossed at us early on in the film, but it does a nice job of setting up the outside world of Raccoon City, which we're not really familiar with at all until that point. Um, the Umbrella characters were pretty generic, and I didn't give a shit about any of them outside of Jill. Um, but is, so is Jill stars or Jill Umbrella? I'm confused. Jill is stars. stars. Well, she, okay, she I was, okay. I was wrong. Stars. Jill stars. Yeah. Okay. No, she's anyway. like Gotcha. Um, but I think if we, when we continue on the film, this this group that we have now is going to be fun to watch in the next. I'm assuming that they're all in it, of course. Um, like Apocalypse teases that they're going to be. Um, but it does it does a um, it also does a nice job of giving us some over the top action sequences that I thought looked really cool and I enjoyed the hell out of them. So I like this one a lot more in this viewing than I have in the past. So I'm going to give Resident Evil Apocalypse three out of four stars. Also. So, Mark with three, me with three, and Ash, two out of four. So, we will continue on in this series next week. All right. So, let's move on to the 13th round of the Best Thing in the Backlog Challenge, where we try to conquer our personal backlogs one week at a time. So, as a reminder for this feature, each of us takes a look at the other's unwatched pile, be it their home video collections or one of their streaming services like Netflix, Amazon Instant Video, or Vudu, and picks one film that the other hasn't seen yet and challenges them to watch that film before the next podcast where they then give a quick review of the film. So this past week, we picked for ourselves. So Mark, you watched Trancer 6. <laughs> Ash, you watched uh, Ash did Deadfall, and I watched From Beyond. So Mark, go ahead, talk about Trancer 6 a little bit. Oh, I don't really want to, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I have a DVD uh, from Full Moon Features that was released in 2013. Uh, the production date for this movie was 2002. Um, so long story short, um, so this was made about eight years since the last Transfers. Um, Tim Thomerson is physically not in this movie. Okay. Um, is this the so, last Transfers film? Yes. yes okay, cool. So with these Transfers movies, they can get sent or he can get sent down the line, which means in the past to get rid of any transfer problems, you know, in the timeline. Right. But he can't, he can't go into his own body. He goes into a body of a relative. So he gets zapped back down to the year 2002, 2003 and embodies the body of his daughter. So the way it's so weird because you see a technician at the beginning of the movie and he's talking to, to Jack, Tim Thomerson mm-hmm. via like a video phone, but they're using audio clips of his older movies to move <laughs> the conversation along. <laughs> Dude, it's, hor- it's fucking horrible. Oh so, man. So then his body uh, gets, you know, when he goes online, it gets zapped to a table 
but it doesn't look like him, but it's just a male body in like a trench coat that he would wear. So he's not in this movie. I don't know if you got any money for this. I don't think this had any money to give anyways. So whatever. Um, <laughs> so his mind gets zapped to his daughter. And I have to admit, uh, the daughter is played by Zeta Sullivan. She plays Joe Death. Now, I'm looking at her IMDb right now. And I think she has only, yeah, she only has two, uh, ooh, she has two actress credits, uh, Transfer 6, and a movie from 2000 called Sexual Intrigue, which now has the, <laughs> uh, I want to check that out. Um, I, think, so, I thought it had to be something like that. Yeah, oh, right. Um, By your reaction, yeah. <laughs> so she does a really, she does a really good performance as Jack in Joe's Body. Okay. Um, I'm actually, she is the highlight of the movie. The movie itself sucks. The story <laughs> is horrible. It looks like it's a grade 12, um, or it's like a high school movie project. Like, let's make a movie together. Um, <laughs> so the first transfers, it was a psychic controlling people. Now in this one, it's a meteor that fell to earth that a company hooked up to a laser and now shoot people in the eyes and they become transers. It's not fucking transers. The whole mythology of transers died uh, like after transers three. Um, so this is a transers movie only by name. It could have been called anything else. Um, the plot sucks. Um, what I hate about this movie the most is that Jack is in Joe's body. And Joe is imprisoned in this camp for a good two-thirds of the movie. She tries to escape, gets caught, tries to escape, gets caught. I think, again, budget limitations. Um, Jack Death would not have been caught. Um, he would have gotten out of there right away. Um, as well as she is using uh, a 9 millimeter gun. Jack has his zapper. So... Why can't they use it? You know why they couldn't use the zapper? Because it's more special effects for the fucking post-production. That's not the reason. <laughs> uh, this movie is horrible. I wish I had not seen it. Um, but of course, I had to buy it because I have to pick them all, you know. Um, right. I, I have no recommendation. I gave it half a star. Or did I give it half a star? I might have given it one star just because of um, just because of Zeta Sullivan's portrayal. Mm -hmm. But I didn't want to give no rating because I didn't want... To not have a rating on Letterboxd. I'm like, yeah, I did right. see this movie. Um, but yeah, it, it's horrible. It's not worth it. Uh, it's a big pass. If you have to stick to the original five-disc box set, don't go for number six. It, it's, so, a big, it's a big fa a fail on my part. Okay. So it sounds like the first movie is really the only really good one. And it kind of the quality declines, I think, in every one. Quality declines after number two. Number after three two. Is, is doable. Okay. Four and five are bad, and six is just, it's muck. Mm -hmm. it, it's mucking muck. That sucks. But just so you know, there are um, nine separate sex scenes in sexual intrigue. Ooh. Yeah, just so you're aware of that. Ooh. But, well, yeah, I just hello. did a little research for you. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you gave Transfer 6 one star? Uh, you know what? Yeah, let, me, let me go back to my diary quickly here. I believe I gave it half a star. But, you know, I think it, des it deserves a one star because I'm generous. And mm -hmm. uh, let me see. What is it? Transfers five. Transfers. I gave it one star. 
Um, okay. Just on the performance of uh, Zeta Sullivan, or pardon me, Zet Sullivan, Z-E-T-T-E. Um, the, the rest of the movie is pure, pure horse shit. Okay. Well, hey, at least I'm you're glad, done with the series now. I'm, I'm so glad it's over. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. I'm glad it's over. Oh, man. It was becoming so, painful. Yeah, it sounds like it. Yeah. So, Ash, talk about Deadfall. Okay, well, Deadfall, um, let's see, you've got a uh, former boxer on probation, a pair of thieves on a run, a bunch of jerkwad sheriffs and deputies, and a family Thanksgiving gone wrong. So, you know, it basically, it's a drama that sounds like it could be an amazing comedy. Yeah, um, <laughs> right. Uh, it... it it's shot beautifully. The location shooting is great. Um, every cast member is spot on for the role and, and gives what little there is to give. Um, it's very dry and very plotting and very thin on characterization, uh, which doesn't work in a drama that kind of hinges on that because the plot is the most basic of basic. Um, hmm. It's not a bad film. But it, there's just something like missing from it. There's just no spark to it. I mean, you've got Charlie Hunnam, Olivia Wilde, Eric Bana, Chris Christopherson, Sissy Spacek, Treat Williams, and Kate Mara in it. I love wow. all of them. And they do fantastic in the scenes they're in. And it should have been blowing my doors off because I love everyone in it. And yet I was just kind of like, eh. Uh, there are like two scenes that really stood out. And um, uh, one towards the climax of the film, so I don't want to ruin that. Uh, there's another one kind of midway uh, where Eric Bana gets to kind of show off a little bit and actually act. Um, and it, and it kind of, there's a really neat build up to the moment. Um, but it, it, there's only like the two big pieces there that I can really remember and talk about with any kind of clarity. It just, it just kind of like, eh, um, was it worth my time watching? Yeah, I guess. Will I watch it again? Probably not for a while. If I do, I mean, there's plenty of other ways I can get my Olivia Wilde fix in. I give this one two. All right. So that's both films you rated two out of four this week. Yeah. And I again, and just repeating that because I was heard that that was edited out last time too. So, yeah. <laughs> Folks, folks, it's <laughs> two, dos, <laughs> dos, out of cuatro. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. So I watched, uh, I, I picked From Beyond on... Uh, for myself this week. So I, I picked this one up on my on my quest to own all of the collector's editions released by Scream Factory. And like the majority of these, this one was a blind buy, just like Dolls, like I mentioned before. Um, but I decided I should watch it this week because I received the From Beyond soundtrack on uh, vinyl for Christmas for my wife. So, you know, I asked for this specifically because the cover art is gorgeous. And now that I've seen the film, it actually makes a, a whole lot more sense because there are these neon pink lights in the film. So it makes a lot more sense now. But um, so From Beyond is the follow up to Reanimator from Stuart Gordon, like I talked about. Um, they found success from that film once it hit the home video market. It didn't do well in theaters, but it did well on the home video market. So they used those funds to make From Beyond. Um, it was actually the first of the films that were shot in Rome at the Empire Pictures studio that they only owned for like four or five years or whatever it was. But um, anyway, this one completely ditches the comedic elements of Reanimator and goes for a really serious tone that's um, absent of <laughs> any comedy, uh, any comedic releases at all, really. Um, so the plot's a little difficult to summarize. So uh, let me try, though. 
Um, it's basically about an experiment gone wrong. These two scientists are trying to stimulate the p- pineal gland, or however you say that word, in the brain with this device. Pineal. Well, the device basically – say it again? Uh, pineal gland. Pineal, thank you. Um, well, the device basically consumes one of them one night and leaves the other, Jeffrey Combs' character, in a psych ward accused of his murder. Um, and a doctor played by Barbara Crampton, who is beautiful as ever in this one, mm-hmm. um, and a detective played by Ken Forey, uh, they decide to take Combs' character back to the house to see basically his side of the story, to see what happened. Um, and essentially, the three of them try to survive the havoc that the device creates. Um, and that's about as good as a synopsis I can come up with for the movie. But um, So, From Briam, it actually dragged a little bit for me, um, especially during the first hour. There were things happening. But they just didn't grab my attention until later in the film. It was probably about the last 30 minutes, I'd say, that the movie really took off for me. There's a um, there's a part with Barbara Crampton earlier than that that is really entertaining for um, obvious reasons, if you've seen the film. Mm. Um, but otherwise, it just felt oddly paced. Um, but that said, I really liked the last 30 minutes a lot. Um, and I think there's still... And, and I still think there's, uh, you know, one reason alone to watch the film, excluding that scene with Barbara Crampton, um, and that's the special effects. These are some genuinely um, great special effects. They're just some gross-out moments in the movie that surprised the hell out of me. Um, and while the practical effects looked absolutely awesome, there are some CGI effects shot that look like shit watching them now, but I can totally forgive those because the practical effects are just so damn good. So for that reason alone, I'd recommend any Gorehound see From Beyond. So even though it's a little slow early on, it really pays off in the end. So I'm going to give From Beyond two and a half out of four stars. Um, Mark, I know you've seen this. What were your thoughts on From Beyond, if you remember? Um, I, I, it's very pink. A lot of pink hues. Yes. Yeah. Um, now, it's not, uh, I don't think it was as good as Reanimator, but I still like seeing the gang back together. Uh, yeah. But you're yeah. Right. It is kind of, there's a bit of a lull, but then you see the uh, the dominatrix outfits and it brings you right back. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm, I prefer Reanimator over From Beyond, but uh, I still, uh, I'm still glad I have it. Yeah, I'm glad I own it as well. And I love that I have the, the soundtrack. So, I'm excited to spin that one finally. But, Ash, mm-hmm. have you seen this one? No. Okay. All right. Yeah, I do like uh, I did like Reanimator better, but I put From Beyond in Dolls. I probably liked From Beyond better. Um, I'd watch that one again before I'd watch Dolls. That's for Me sure. Too. Yeah. So would I. But now, have you ever seen Bride of Reanimator? I've not yet. No. Oh, dude. Oh, I, no. I don't. I have Me a too. DVD copy of it. I don't know if there's a special edition coming out or not. The, the, um, Arrow somewhere. did release a uh, collector's edition of it. There we go. Um, it's fucking good. Mm. It's really good. I think you would adore it. Okay. Yeah, I definitely yeah. need to check that one out then. Yeah. If Arrow I hadn't released, I, I wouldn't mind upgrading to a Blu-ray. Yeah, it's kind of expensive. That's why I haven't bought it yet. But... Yeah. Arrow's a little expensive uh, on my side of the border as well. So. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Definitely. So for this week... I will be picking a film for Mark. Mark is picking a film for Ash. And Ash, you are picking a film for me. So, are we ready? Yes. Um, awesome. Hang on. I will, uh, Ash, while you're searching, I'm going to um, start. So, Mark. Yes. Um, I, for next week. Yes. I am going to have you watch yes. Crystal Lake Memories. Oh, Camp okay. Crystal Lake. Uh, okay. Okay. Make sure. that sound okay? Time for that. It is long as fuck. Really? So the movie 
is actually six hours and 40 minutes long. Is that going to be okay? Oh, for fuck's sake. Are you serious? No. Yeah, no <laughs> I'm just yeah. It really is, but that's not the, that's not the film I'm picking for you. I'm just fucking with you. During one of the summer scream challenges, so they ate up. <laughs> Fucking like three movies worth of fucking watch. Yeah. No, four movies but, worth, five movies worth of fucking watch. <laughs> you might do, but if it if it's good, I don't mind because Never Sleep Again is a fantastic nightmare documentary. Yeah. So if it's no, as good it's as Never great. Sleep Again, it is great. It's just yeah, it's long as fuck. All right. Yeah. Well, you know, I like the subject matter, so that's cool. Yeah, no. I was just fucking with you. I'm not oh, giving you, you a, a oh. seven-hour-long movie to watch. No, well, um, no I'm, just, I'm just saying. I'll just get you back later, my friend. Payback's <laughs> <laughs> a bitch. I know. No, I'm just fucking with you. Um, so on your list that you've recently created, um, it shows that you have not seen uh, 2010's Frozen. Is that accurate? The Adam uh, Green film. Yeah, yeah, I've never seen it. Okay, awesome. I enjoy the hell out of that movie. It was one of the first films I ever reviewed for uh, Inside Pulse Movies. And I liked it a lot. It was my first taste of Adam Green. So I am going to have you watch Frozen from 2010. Sounds good to me. Perfect. All right. So, Mark, what is Ash going to watch? Well, you know, as much as uh, he he hurt me by stealing my uh, transfers gimmick and whatnot, (laughs) I am going to give him the gift of nudity. Oh. So I would like for you, Ash, to watch Lovelace. Lovelace. Oh, Okay. You know, I've seen parts of that, but I've not seen the whole thing. My uh, Netflix queue for freaking ever. Yeah, it's uh, it's. I, I enjoyed it, but a uh, lot of boobs. Amanda <laughs> Siegfried. Who's? Um, yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. That's good. You'll enjoy yes. that, Ash. And then you and then you can welcome. You can thank me later. Exactly. Five stars. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ash. What am I watching for next week? Well, I was going, I was going to pick Dune, but then I saw Dread on your list. You have not watched Dread, the 2013 Dread. Film? Dread, Judge? with uh, with, with uh, Carl Urban. I don't know. I'm looking it up now because I frankly don't even know what you're talking about. Oh, it's the it's the Dread. Oh, the movie. The, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, the fucking feeling. Yeah, of course the movie. <laughs> There's a movie called Dread that was in part of the. Uh, like After Dark Horror series or whatever. And I thought you were talking about that one, which I have seen. So I, so I was looking at my collection to see what you were talking about. But yes, no, I have not seen Dread. So yes, that's awesome because I've been wanting to. All right. Yeah. You're watching Dread. Perfect. Do you have a 3D version of that film? Yes, I do. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's good. I liked it a lot. Cool. Perfect. Good. I'm excited. It's a lot like the, the Raid. Oh, okay. But without all the cops. Gotcha. Dread. You don't need all the cops. Oh, perfect. So just to recap, Mark, you are watching Frozen, not the musical, but the one from 2010 from Adam Green. Mm-hmm. Ash, you are watching Lovelace and I am watching Dread as in Judge Dread, not as in Dread from After Dark Horror Fest. But all right. Yes. Perfect. <laughs> Excellent. So before we wrap up Make for sure watch the 2013 one, not the one with Sylvester Stallone, the one. With no, yeah, that's I'm looking at it right now. I got it right here. We're good. I don't even own the other one. So okay. the other one's called Judge Dread, right? Not yeah. just Dread. Yeah. Yeah. I remember. Right. So. All right. So before we wrap up for the evening, we wanted to talk about our top five film discoveries from 2016. So let's do it. Let's start with number five. I'll 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 jump in first here. So my number five film discovery. So 
what these are are not films that were necessarily released in 2016, but films that we watched for the first time in 2016. The top five films that we watched for the first time in 2016. So my number five, um, and I think I have a couple, a few from the podcast actually. So um, the number five for me had to be Jackie Brown from 1997. Um, I always heard negative things about it going in, so I didn't expect much, and I was blown away. I loved that film. Um, it's just, man, it's a fun movie to watch. So my number five was Jackie Brown. Ash, what's your number five? Uh, I am going with Captain America Civil War. Oh, okay. Very good. That's a, I liked it a lot. Absolutely like that one. So good pick. And what about you, Mark? Number five? I went with 2016's Everybody Wants Some by Richard Linklater. Yeah, I remember you uh, raving about that one. Yeah, it, it it cracked the top five. It actually popped uh, Captain America out of my top five. Um, oh, okay. Uh, again, I only saw the one time, but I still think about it. Um, <laughs> it's Again, it's like a spiritual success, uh, successor to Days of Confused, where Dazed was the last day of high school. Well, this movie, it's based in the 80s, and it's the first day of college. So it's got a similar premise. Um, it's I, I loved it. Uh, I don't think I can stop raving about it. It's, it's a must-see for me. So, yeah, that's my number five. Perfect. And uh, number four for me was um, The Purge Election Year. Um, this is one I, I raved about on the podcast previously, so I won't spend too much time on it. Uh, but, man, I thought this was just a, a, such a good film. Uh, it had an emotional impact on me that I didn't expect at all. And um, I I loved the first film. I thought the second one was just okay. Um, it's not one I want to rewatch to give another shot, but this one I thought was just excellent. I absolutely love this one. Um, so that would be 2016's The Purge Election Year at my number four spot. So, Ash, number four. Number four for me would be Rogue One, A Star Wars Story. Excellent choice. Yeah, there, uh, most of mine are from this year, actually. So <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I think I have a couple from this year. Yeah, a couple on my list. So, perfect. What about you, Mark? Number four. I've got the 2013's Cheap Thrills by E.L. Katz. Okay. Yeah, I still want to see that one. Yeah, watch it twice. It's on Netflix now. Oh, cool. Yes. So, you should be able to watch on Netflix. Um, Oh, it's it's fantastic. You know, like I've talked about it, I think, twice now on the podcast. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, uh, (laughs) I just dig it. It, it It just clicks for me so i feel like that was the uh the start of your draft house uh, draft draft house films addiction yeah pretty much <laughs> pretty much it, it gave me the uh it gave me the uh the burn to get them all so right it's like my little it's like my little t-virus hmm. <laughs> uh, so number three for me another 2016 film uh deadpool this one another one that surprised the hell out of me like i expected to enjoy it but I didn't expect it to be as uh, em- uh, what am I trying as emotionally impactful as it was. Um, it tells a really good story, and uh, is just hysterical the, the entire way through. So, yeah, loved Deadpool. So that's my number three. What about you, Ash? My number three, and Deadpool is a good choice. Deadpool is a very good choice. Uh, my number three is actually the only horror movie I had on the list that I was when I was putting it together. Uh, Hush, the uh, the home oh yeah movie with the uh, the deaf woman. Yeah, right. Love that movie. That one surprised the hell out of me, and I just I loved it. So yeah, yeah. We, we talked, talked about, about that we one. Talked about it a bunch of the podcasts. So yeah, 
definitely. No, but I, I like that one as well. Um, I, I think you liked it more, but uh, I definitely, definitely enjoyed it. And I know, Mark, you enjoyed it too, right? Or Yeah, it was, it was okay. You were a little lesser, yeah. Some, yeah, I made some stupid decisions, but, you know, whatever. Yeah. So, what's your number I, three? I, I've become very critical, I find. I don't know. <laughs> and you can criticize me for this next one. My number three pick would be 2009's Halloween 2 by Rob Zombie. Oh, very I good. love this movie. Um, I don't get the hate. Um, it was, it, to me, this was my, this was my, again, maybe not the best film in the world, but it was one of my top five discovery films. So right. I was pleasantly surprised by this movie. Definitely. I'd forgotten that you'd watch that only for the first time. Mm-hmm. Totally forgot that. But yeah, no, it's, it's definitely underrated without a doubt. I would agree. Yeah. So number two for me, another Tarantino film from our Tarantino arc was, uh, Django Unchained from 2012. Um, Man, if if Pulp Fiction wasn't there, this would definitely be my favorite favorite Tarantino film. But as it stands, Pulp Fiction, I mean, you don't really get better than that. Um, but Django is, God, so fucking good. Every aspect of that film, I was just blown away by. Um, it's another one I just didn't expect that, that I would enjoy that much. Um, but goddamn, Tarantino knows how to make a movie. And uh, he can even make a, a Western which is not a genre I'm very uh, familiar with and spend a lot of time with. He can make that stand out. So and it gets better upon multiple viewings. That's yep, everyone's been telling me that you mm-hmm. Ash, you said the same thing, right? Yes. Absolutely yeah. does. Need to watch it again. Need to like now. <laughs> I just love that movie. <laughs> so that's my number two. Ash, what's your number two of uh, film discovery of 2016? Okay. Then my next two are, um, are um, both documentaries. Um, oh, okay. So this one is one that Mark actually recommended way back when. Uh, Chuck Norris versus Communism. Yeah. I oh. absolutely love the hell out of this one. And it was just fantastic. It was like a great look into, you know, just uh, the, the political situation going on in that country and all the kind of the history of how basically like uh, piracy in this country. But, you know, but it was piracy because they couldn't get the movies legally uh you know kind of brought down the downfall of their government which it was just fantastic really well done so do you remember how you watched that one is it on netflix or did you get the disc or? Uh, it was on netflix I don't okay know if it's on netflix or not i can look real quick duh yeah i, I saw mine canadian netflix um, oh okay yeah it was on, it was on netflix i don't know if i definitely want to see it now, as someone who has not watched like any Chuck Norris film, is am I would I still appreciate it? Oh, yeah, hundred no. percent. Yeah, it has. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's, it's just like that, yeah, it, awesome. Yeah, Chuck Norris is just the name drop that they use for it. It's basically like big. It, it, it's more about the people and them getting exposed to these movies for the first time. Oh, and, okay. And and kind of getting a taste of it, you know, what the rest of the world was seeing when they couldn't see it. Very cool. Excellent choice. So, Mark, what's your number two? Uh, my number two is uh, Tim Miller's Deadpool from this year. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, I love I, it. As much as I love the Marvel films, I mm-hmm. think this, this one. Uh, and you know what? It's funny because like I've only watched this once in the theaters in February, but I still remember it very vividly. Um, I, I like I I enjoyed Doctor Strange. I loved Captain America: uh, Civil War, but I thought this one was just. 
unexpectedly funny. It, it, mm-hmm. Unfortunately, I think this will become the pattern that some movies will take up in the next few years, uh, uh, superhero-wise. Um, but this was the first. Uh, it was crude, vulgar, hilarious. I loved it. So that's my number two. Very good pick. Excellent. So before we talk about our number ones, let's divert a little bit. And uh, just for fun, we don't like to dwell in, on the negatives necessarily, but just for fun, let's all pick our worst film that we watched for the first time in 2016. Um, I'll start. Uh, this was courtesy of Mark on the oh, best. And I think it's funny because we all talked about – I think the worst film for all three of us is a film that we watched during the Best in the Backlog Challenge, which I think is humorous. And I could be wrong, but I think that's what we said. Uh, so for me, it's Solo or the 120 Days of Sodom. I just, I, <laughs> It was just a bad fucking movie. Like, I did not like it. I, I hated it. I don't have any desire in ever giving it a second chance. Oh, it it so sucked. Happy. Oh, it makes me so fucking happy. Fucking hate it. <laughs> I got a huge border right now. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh God! To know that I gave you so much visual displeasure <laughs> makes me so fucking happy. Oh uh, man! I'm, I'm gonna come. Hold on. <laughs> oh, oh, I lost it. Oh, I lost my it. God! I'm edging right now. So oh Jesus! Oh, oh let's oh, move on. Okay. Ash, oh. Ash, what was the worst film you saw in 2016? Uh, the worst film I saw in 2016 was courtesy of you. Okay. Uh, shark fucking NATO. Oh no! Come on! <laughs> Come on! Fuck that movie in the goat ass. That was. Terrible. Oh man! I am so disappointed in you right now. You have no idea. <laughs> oh man! All yeah, right. So shark, shark NATO. I just shoved that piece of shit through it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. I don't know how Sharknado could be on anybody's worst film list ever, but all right. What about you, Mark? Actually, yeah. <laughs> well, I- I've got two, I'll be honest with you. Okay. Because uh, I-, I couldn't pick. I, I also cheat. I have-, I have a top six this year, but I have a bottom two. Um, okay. So I guess the runner-up to worst movie of the year would be uh, The Human Centipede 3. <laughs> oh, okay. I really hated this movie i thought it was gross um it's and you know the first one is is fun in a way number two is disturbing this one is just gross for gross's sake Mm. Um, i think this is one of the first podcasts uh i talked about uh with you guys um but yeah um it's garbage i i felt the only redeeming factor is brie olsen because she's brie olsen and she's cute but she gets the great olsen is in that yeah she's a secretary yeah, wow. but it, it's gross. Like, there's a scene where um, the doctor in the first one, he plays a prison warden in the third one, mm-hmm. and he's fingering her at his desk, and you just hear the fucking, like, like, like the sounds, you know? I'm like, this is just fucking vile. It's not even funny. Like, I don't know yeah. what the whole point of that was. Yeah. And this is the guy who ordered uh, a jar of clits what? from Africa, and he's popping clits. Uh, about like <laughs> fucking mints because it's oh supposed to give you power if you eat it. it's 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 disgusting i like i'm a vulgar guy right you know like i but Obviously. i joke around this, this this is just gross i did not have any i, I did not enjoy this in any way shape or form hmm. so you know i've seen the first i think i've talked about this a thousand times but i watched the first one i hated it and have never watched any of the rest but i do want to give it another shot and watch the whole series 
Oh, well, you know, good luck with that. Yeah. Um, but if you didn't like, like the first one, that's the high point. So, <laughs> and this is my runner-up. Right. My number one worst film discoverer of the year, The Haunted World of El Superbisto. <laughs> I hate this movie with everything oh, I own. That's oh. shocking. I revised my statement. I had, <laughs> I had actually blocked that fucking movie from my mind. I'm taking that one too. Because oh, that man. was actually worse than fucking Sharknado. I actually like had to stop it three times and leave the room because I was like gonna like just like tear my hair out and put my face through a wall or something. Yeah, Hunter World yeah. of Hell Super Beast, though. Definitely worst fucking movie this year. Yeah, honestly, it, it really is the worst movie I watched this year. Um, uh, I I just did not like any of it. It was a chore to watch. It was not funny. It was not sexy. It was it was fucking childish, and I'm childish. And I thought that was childish. I remember heading into that podcast thinking to myself, how in the fuck? Because it was just you and I that week, Mark. I was like, how in the fuck are Mark and I going to talk about this movie for anything longer than 15 minutes, if that? Like, how is this podcast going to work this week? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I didn't like that movie either. I did give it, I think, like one and a half stars or something. So it was definitely not the worst film I watched this year. But I, I gave it half a star. Yeah. yeah. I gave it half <laughs> a star because that would be the only way it'll show up as I have more exactly. <laughs> exactly. So it wasn't your your pick, Mark, wasn't through the best in the backlog challenge, but you did watch it because of the podcast. So that, that yes. still makes me happy. So <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. All right. So moving on from the bad, yes. let's talk about our favorite film, our top film discovery of twenty sixteen. For me, another film we watched on the podcast. And uh I just was blown away by the brutality, the gore, the, ah, everything. Damn, this was a great film uh, that I watched for the first time. And that was 2007's Inside for a home invasion arc. Yeah. Loved, loved, loved that movie. Uh, it probably could have been one of mine if I had not already seen it. Right, right. But that, it, it, there was a highlight of my year this year to rewatch this for the first time. Yeah. Definitely. So that's my number one of the year. So, Ash, what's your number one? Okay, I am. I, I'm a longtime Bills fan. Uh, oh, okay. Years and uh, it, it may have aired last year, but it hit Netflix this year. So the uh, the Four Falls of Buffalo uh, documentary. Um, awesome. Where they kind of go in and revisit the lead up to, but the you know the Bills run on the the four Super Bowls and a lot of interviews with them and everything else. That was just that that make puts a big old you know kind of bittersweet smile on my face. I love that. Yeah, you know, that, those moments. So I still need to see it. I'm I, just a diehard football fan, so I definitely need to see that one. I'm sure I'm going to enjoy it. Awesome pick. I forgot all about that one, so I'm glad you reminded me. Speaking of football, um, if I remember right, Mark, you are a Chargers fan, correct? I, I am. I'm a big fan of the LA Chargers. <laughs> <laughs> they're not even going to be the Chargers. That's the rumor. They're going to rebrand completely. Oh, really? Is what, is what they're saying. Yeah. That's not been announced, but that's... They're moving from the Chargers are supposedly to dead. LA. So they're going from one town that yeah. gives a shit about nothing football related to another town that gives nothing about football related. Okay. I, yeah, I'm it makes no sense. Like, rename it. 
<laughs> yeah, me too. And I, again, that's just the rumor at this point. But and if that's the case, then I have free reign to pick a new team, right? I don't have to. Stick yeah, with my team's yep, dead. Absolutely. Yeah, the Lions are looking for new fans. Oh, I was yeah. gonna. Well, I was, I was gonna go with the. I was gonna go with the Packers after they played. Oh, over, fucking but. hell! That's disgusting. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, Mark, what's your number one film discovery of 2016? Uh, my number one film discovery of 2016 would be 2016's Don't Breathe. Oh, excellent. I just bought that on Vudu, and so I'm excited to watch it. Oh, oh well, yeah. I, like, I've mentioned multiple times already on the podcast here just because I love this movie. Mm-hmm. It's – oh, yeah. Let me know when you watch it. I definitely um, it's It's so fucking good. And it just – oh, yeah. You know, like when I want to start yelling at the screen – you know, in the theater, like in a good way, like, oh, shit, you know. And then, like, again, I was with Melissa and I, w- I was so excited. I was slapping her leg in- because I was so giddy. I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't hold my excitement to what I was seeing on screen. So I hope it doesn't build it up too much for you. But I, fuck, I loved it. I loved yeah. it. This was a no brainer number one for me. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm really excited. Yeah. Mark or uh, Chris, rather was able to hook me up with a $5 off coupon okay. for Voodoo. And so I only spent like five bucks on the movie. So yeah, I just put the blue good deal. Yeah. Yeah. So without thinking about it too much, gentlemen, quickly give me the film you are most anxiously anticipating for 2017. Oh Christ. Without thinking too much about it, I'm going to say uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Oh, is okay. Is that, is that out this year? Yeah. Yeah. Is it out this year? Yeah. Or is it next year? Yeah? yeah? No, it is. Yeah. I mean, I saw the trailer for it, I would assume, like, at the theater, so I would assume it's out this year. I think it's out in the summer this year. Yeah. Top of my head, I think it's May. But top of my okay. head, I would say that'd be the one. Awesome. That said, though, Thor 3 Ragnarok, or mm. I guess Ragnarok, just because it's directed by uh, the same guy who did what we do in Shadows, has me excited, too. Okay. And the fact that it's going to be a buddy movie between Thor and the Hulk... With Loki sprinkled in, and then also with some Doctor Strange sprinkled in, that mm. could be good too. Definitely. So, excited for Marvel movies this year. Cool. What about you, Ash? Uh, I'd actually... Um, Guardians of the Galaxy 2 up there would be decent. Um, uh, Logan looks pretty fucking good. Oh, yeah. I saw the trailer for the first time over the weekend, and it looks great. Yes. Um, honestly, right now, though... Um, just because I want to see what they're going to do with it, uh, just from the trailers, it amused the hell out of me. I'm going to go with Wonder Woman. Oh, awesome. Yeah, yeah definitely a good pick. Yeah, because she was one of the standouts of uh, Batman vs. Batman Superman. Superman. And, totally. Yeah. And the trailers just, it looks like a fun, you know, war movie. <laughs> weirdly to say, a fun war movie. Yeah. But yeah. Mm-hmm. And she's achingly gorgeous. Yeah. And which is also cool that it's set in 1920s, right? So it's a different time period, which will be kind of cool. So, yeah. yeah. And Chris Pine's in it as her boyfriend or love interest, I believe. Hmm. Love interest, uh, yeah. So it could be really good. Absolutely. Yeah. For me, it has to be uh, War for the Planet of the Apes with a uh, special nod to Kong Skull Island. I'm really excited for both of those. Uh, is that out two this year? I thought it was yep. next year. Nope, that one's out too this year. Just, I think, May, I want to say. March. We have a good year of movies ahead of us. Yeah, no doubt about it. Stuff coming. Absolutely. So, 
All right. Well, that's going to be that for this week. So remember, next week we'll be back with a review of Resident Evil Extinction from 2007. And also, if you have a question for the three of us here at the Cinefessions Podcast, please hit us up using that hashtag InFilmWeTrust on Twitter for all of the questions you'd like to have us answer here on the show. And we're going to do our best to answer all of them. So again, make sure you tweet at us using the hashtag InFilmWeTrust. And if for some reason you're not on Twitter... Call us at 1-302-448-TALK or email us at contact at cinefessions.com for any question of the week options. And as always, if you like what you're hearing, please leave us a review on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, or wherever else it is that you're listening to us. Positive reviews help us reach a larger audience, which is always what we're trying to do here. So, And just as a reminder, you can find Cinefessions on Instagram now. Mark is doing an excellent job there, so make sure you follow that. And you can hit us up on Twitter, at Cinefessions. Ash, where can we find you on Twitter? Uh, DHGF uh, Ash. Um, and, or just, you know, search out Ash, whatever the hell I've changed my name to at this point. I think I'm Romer <laughs> Ash right now, but uh, yeah. Uh, I, I always have Ash in my name. Um, awesome. And what about you, Mark? Uh, on Instagram, you can find me at mnado02. So that's uh, M-N-A-D-E-A-U-0-2. And as well on Twitter at uh, Mark with a C uh, underscore my last name, Nado. And uh, as well, you can, again, reach us at uh, the Cinefessions uh, account as well. Awesome. So thank you, gentlemen, for joining me again tonight. I had a great time talking about Apocalypse. So that was awesome. Yes. All right. I want to thank everyone for listening to the 76th episode of the Cinefessions podcast. And remember, in film, we trust. We'll catch you next time. (laughs) 